Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 544 for the week of May 30th, 2020. I'm your host, Anna Marie Privetier, and we are chock full of crazy RPG loving people to talk about what we've been playing and your feedback and the news and stuff and things. And we're going to jump right into it. So, uh, hi, Jonathan. Hello. Hi, Peter. We're not going to do. Hi. We're not going to do nothing. <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hello. Hi, Kelly. Bear with me while I screw up microphones. Who's <laughs> <laughs> over hello. there? Nah. Um, so, yes, now that we've stumbled our way through the introductions, Jonathan, what have you been playing? Hello. It's been so long since I've been on. Were you on two weeks ago? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're a positive regular yeah. at this point. Well, I don't play enough new games to feel like I could be on here every week and just talk about the same thing I just was playing. So It's good to I'm stay regular. Break. Keep, keep it fresh. I mean, that's what um. I've done for the past month, so don't feel bad. <laughs> so I guess I'll start with some of the the lesser things I've been playing or people care about. Uh, still been playing Tabletop Simulator. I have started uh, joined a new tournament so i play another game after this with infinity they keep adding cool stuff to it that what the uh, one cool thing they've done now is um they're taking people's painted models and doing like 50 pictures of it and then doing pulling in the 3d models into the game instead of just having Ooh, these little 2d arts really nice yeah so they're putting a big community effort into doing that so it's almost like pulling everything and then for some of those people who are really good painters or even if you're not a really good painter you can get your stuff into the game so you can play on the computer with the stuff you've painted which is just pretty cool i've thought about starting to do that it's just it's a lot of uh it's a lot of work they, they're putting in a lot of effort to do this so it's a admirable admirable um effort that they're doing as a community so i think it's pretty cool um this is the second week in the tournament and i won first week but the next week it was also a guy that won so could have a, a tough competition here in a couple hours so uh, which another, which what system is this based on? It's Infinity, which it's is tabletop. not okay. But Infinity makes me think like Baldur's Gate. No, it's not Infinity Engine. It's just the game of, of Infinity. Hmm. Uh, sci-fi, cyberpunk. Um, style. How does it I relate think, to Warhammer, and what did it steal from it? <laughs> it I I think the rules are a lot more fun than Warhammer. Warhammer oh. is much more. I sit there and I move these big, massive armies and roll a lot of dice, and you stand there and your guys get killed. Okay, it's your turn. Now you move guys forward and you roll a lot of dice, and my guys kill your guys. That's and not how this is. No, this okay. is more. This is a skirmish game. Oh, this is more like so, Mordheim then. Okay. This is it's, it's to me it's a lot like tabletop XCOM. Mm-hmm. And I already love XCOM. So you have reactive turns. Oh, so I suck at these. Oh, is there Overwatch? Then, <laughs> yeah, you have suppress. You can put on suppressive fire. Right. So you'll get three bursts on your reactive turn. Oh. A lot of games don't even allow you reactive turn. But here you can, okay. Yeah, do you know why? Because guy... it's terrible to keep track of. <laughs> no, no, it's easy. It's uh, They do an order, and if one of, if they move through line of fire of one of your guys, your one of your guy gets to react. So he can dodge, he can throw smoke, he can shoot. 
but when you're when it's not your turn, you can only shoot once. Where if it's the active player's turn, his weapon usually has a burst of three or four. So you're rolling four dice against that one dice. So you have what they call face-to-face rolls. Mm-hmm. And if your dice beat their dice, then you win. But if one of your dice beats like three of theirs, they only get one uh, successful shot. So it's a lot more interactive even when it's not your turn. And it's it's almost like a cooperative competitive game because like, okay, if I do this and this, will this guy see him? Yes, okay, my intent is not to let this guy get seen but only be seen by that guy. Okay, yeah, that, that's how we do. So you kind of work it out together. So it's pretty cool. I, I There's no other rule. It's, it's complex rules for sure. But to me, it's the most engaging tabletop rules that they have. It's not perfect, but it's a lot of fun. And I think the models are the, the best-looking models out there. So that's what kind of drew me into the game first and a, uh, a friend recommendation. So now that I can play it on my computer and not have to haul a bunch of stuff everywhere – uh, um, well, the COVID thing, obviously, the game stores are shut down, but it's opened up this whole new avenue of being able to play. So it's a, it's been pretty addicting to to get on and play with just random pickup games with people and throw it. And you can, you don't have to set up terrain. You just, you know, people have already made pre-made maps. You just drop a little mat bag on this thing, and it generates the map for you and terrain and everything. You have a, like thirty or forty to choose from. So it's kind of made it really convenient just to sit at your, you know, your computer and get games in. So. I've been really loving to do that. Uh, another, so I haven't really been playing it too much. Mostly it's my daughter, but Stranger Things 3. Uh, that retro-styled, uh, top-down adventure action game. How mm-hmm. old is your daughter? She's seven. And she likes Stranger she Things? She loves Stranger Things. Anna, you're a bit of a baby about Stranger Things. I love Stranger and Things. Like At four years old, that show would have been a big fat dope for me. Mm-hmm. She's, not four, she's seven. <laughs> oh, seven. I'm sorry, seven. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I was like that too when I was a kid. I watched probably stuff that most parents wouldn't let their kids watch, but I, you know, I knew it was a movie or knew it was a show. So it, I think a lot of it depends on the maturity of the kid uh, at that whatever age they are. And she like she knows what's fake and what's not, and she knows they're fake monsters. So she doesn't get she just she loves it. She loves the kids that are in it. Uh, What's posters and she's got the Stranger Things Lego thing. She's yeah, just that's obsessed. Adorable. Yeah. So when she found out there was a game, I showed it to her and got it on my computer. She was just freaking out, and wanted it on the Switch. So we got it on the Switch as well. But it's a little tough for it sometimes. She's, you know, first grader, just finished first grade. So she's pretty good at reading now for her age, but there's a lot of words in there that they haven't been taught, right? So mm-hmm. some of it she's a little, it's a little slow and a little frustrating for her sometimes to read through it all, but. I also like her doing that because it's getting her to practice reading, so um, learning new words. But she – and then, you know, the, there's puzzles in there. Some of them are pretty easy, but some of them are a little complex even for me. So I have to sit there with her, and I'll read stuff to her she can't understand or, here, help me do this, and she'll give me the controller, and I'll figure out a puzzle for her. So it's been kind of fun to sit in there and playing with her. She gets – she'll get frustrated sometimes, but she loves it. Um so I've been kind of playing that, and it's a pretty cute little game. Uh, it, uh, you, you go and you collect all these, so she, oh, I just got this new, you know, I picked up Eleven now, or I picked up this character from the show, and she's just freaking out, jumping up and down, so excited she she uh, got a new character, so it's uh, she, she really enjoys that. That's adorbs. <laughs> Um, yeah. If you want, if you want an idea of what of a wuss I was at that age, like my favorite movie was Howard the Duck, but the last third of it I always had to turn off because stop motion aliens just freaked me out way too much. 
Yeah, I loved gremlins and critters and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because did you know that there is a kid-friendly version of Gremlins? No. It's not no. a movie. It's like books and um, records and stuff. So I had one of those plastic record players as a kid. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was like when you bought the plastic records that went with it, there was a book that you read along with the narrator and there was pictures mm-hmm. and stuff. And I had the kid-friendly version of Gremlins. And so it's funny because I love Gremlins. I have never seen the movies. Please don't make me watch the movies. They will terrify <laughs> me. But I have a Mowgli, I have a Gizmo Furby. And you, I love you it. You would be fine with the second one, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, the second one is more of a comedy. I think the first one's a comedy, too. Yeah. yeah I don't think they comedy. intended them to be terrifying. They just ended yeah. up being terrifying. Yeah, the first one's definitely comedy, especially when they're all cavorting around uh, at the the movie theater and the bar and doing all and Some of it's more adult humor, for sure. But See, I, I always thought the first one was more of a horror movie because of the scene with the dog and the Christmas lights. <laughs> Uh, like I remember. <laughs> no, and then like they make fun of like her telling the story about the the, the Santa and the chimney and stuff. That yeah, I think they're they're making fun of like horror movie trope stuff. I guess yeah. No, I mean I could see it both ways. It was it was probably. But but, but the point cheap, isn't is the first cheap. one a, a comedy? The question is, could Anna watch the second one and not be creeped out? The second oh, one I think goes she... way off the rails. Yeah, that's <laughs> my boring. point. It's more. That's more sequel eighties. Listen, the top. it's got Hulk Hogan in it breaking the fourth wall. So, <laughs> what more do you need? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that one is that one ramps it up the ridiculous levels and all, all all around. And Critters was the same thing. Critters was probably there was some comedy in it, but that was probably more in the horror uh, spectrum. With mm-hmm. this, a little bit of tour. I think Gremlins was a little more in the middle. Uh, of, uh, added more comedy, but I watch both of those. I probably watch RoboCop at too young of an age. So it's... Oh, I watched that at too young of an age. <laughs> I, uh, I got nauseous Yikes. watching that the first time. My mom had to stop the movie and then oh, I went back and watched it, it later. A, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was one of my favorite movies. <laughs> oh, no, I just couldn't handle the initial scene when he got yeah, all injured. That, that one's pretty brutal. Yeah. By um, the especially time, for a young kid. By the time Terminator 2 came out, I was eight years old and could finally handle that level of violence. Mm-hmm. Though the ending of Terminator 2 still makes me like ugly cry to this very day. Yeah, but for a different reason. Well, yeah, because it's sad. Yeah, I was probably that age around when I saw RoboCop like eight, because I was born in '82. I probably saw it later. Probably it might have been seven or eight. About around then, so I, I don't wouldn't let her watch that per se. But Stranger Things, it's you know it's got a few little things here and there. But she's she's uh she doesn't bother her. Um, and if it did, we wouldn't let her watch it. Hey, as long as it doesn't bother her, oh, she just, more power she, to her. She loves every. She got they had the bookstore thing at, right before the the quarantine shut the schools down, and what what she bring home a few pencils and a Stranger Things poster, zero books. So, <laughs> my parents would never give me money for the bookstore thing. <laughs> yeah, well then, yeah, it gave her like fifteen, twenty bucks. So if and... I were to have like kids, which right now all my kids have fur, but if I were to have <laughs> kids, I would totally send them with just dopes of money. Dopes of money <laughs> is that a word? Of money to the Scholastic Book Fair and be like, I want to live vicariously through you. 
And then I'd watch them do one, not read any of the books, and be like, oh, now I understand. No more. <laughs> I, I, I will never forget finding the Mario and Legend of Zelda books at those Scholastic book fairs. And I read the crap out of that Mario book, even though the, the kid in me was like, fire flowers don't work like that. Because they shot them like flamethrowers instead of, you know, yeah. shooting them out of their hands like the video game. How dare they be inaccurate to the video game? I was only allowed buying Choose Your Own uh, Adventure Adventure books really? and uh, Babysitter's Club why? at Scholastic Fairs. Because everything else was garbage, Chris. Why? Especially the video game books. Oh. Uh, I figured other things, there might be literature and stuff there too, no? Okay. Well, the problem with a lot of it's a trap. It's like a bunch of little, some of it's a bunch of little trinkets and like. And it's all overpriced, right? Depends, Versus yeah, what you'd pay of, on Amazon, I assume. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't have an Amazon when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah, and they usually encourage you where it's like you buy so much, you get free shit. So uh-huh. I do have a good experience back when I used I remember when I was younger, everyone liked the R.L. Stein horror books. All oh, the kids Goosebumps? Those, those. No. Yeah, yeah. I was all about Goosebumps yeah. and the Ooh. Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps. Is that movie any good? The game's good. Tom made it. I didn't ask about the game. <laughs> it's yes, the movie. But that's the thing that's it's the Jack Black to movie. Me. Good. It's Jack Black, Chris. <laughs> that doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> Jumanji. <sighs> okay. Look at my penis. <laughs> no, stop it. And my other good, I, I remember getting the Martin Redwall books. You guys ever read those, Brian? Jones? No, I missed. I didn't even know that was a thing till I was an adult. I'm like, what did I miss out? No, I just happened to stumble upon one. I was like, huh, this looks interesting as a kid, and I took it, read it, and that really got me into like sci-fi fantasy book reading, which I still do. So it did. It did do you know what these are, Anna? What Redwall? No, it, the it stars mice. It's um. kind of like Tolkien fantasy stuff. But, but with, with like mice. mice and badgers and rats and yeah. foxes and all that. Okay, it's cool. Good There's like role playing settings for it too. And he died a couple years ago, sadly. Brian Jocks. But anyway, um, so I picked up Super Mega Baseball Three. Which I, is kind wait, of like wait, a, okay, I, that was a really whiplashy transition for me. We went from <laughs> dying author of Mouse Books to Super <laughs> Mega Ultra Bat Baseball. What? What did well, you say off, with your words? Uh, I was trying to, to do a break, so I, I looked Steer back up off my the tangent. list. Looked, yeah, I looked back up my list, and that was the next thing to go, so I had to get back, steers back on track. No, but seriously, say the name of that game again. Super Mega Baseball 3. Okay, is so. that... Are there actually two other ones, or is this just yeah, being silly? They're, okay, yeah. all right. They're old. And they're, oh, there's an old good. game. Okay, what's it for? Uh, it's on PS4. I have it on PC. Oh, I think it's yeah, not that old. Glenn loves this yeah. game. Super Mega so, Ultra Baseball three. Super Mega Baseball. Super Mega Baseball. And it, it's it's more of an arcadey. It kind of reminds me of something like the old uh, Baseball Stars uh, oh. stuff like that. And then three, you could do a franchise mode. You could play it online. It's got it's more of an arcade baseball game, but it's got some. It's not super silly. Oh, it's, it's big head bit. mode. <laughs> yeah, I think really. this is out on the Switch as well because yeah. Shaman has been playing it a lot. It yeah, looks like Switch. a Switch game. <laughs> you can kill the pitcher. What? <laughs> well, I don't think they die. Do no, they die? but, but they're just out of the game. Yes, <laughs> 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 out of the game. Several pitchers. 
I like that. They just like a heap on the ground, and like they, that new pitcher comes in the game. Yeah, Anna, you like and baseball. That's a real strategy. Anna, yes. you like baseball. Uh-huh. How come you're never into baseball games? This ever? I would be into. I don't like realistic But you never games. asked to play it or try it. Um, you never been like, hey, Chris, pick that up. I want to play it. Because I, I don't want to pay full price for it because I'm cheap. <laughs> it is. That was going to be a point I did. I was going to make. Uh, it is a little. It's forty five dollars right now. Forty five dollars for this? Yeah, to me it feels more like a twenty five to thirty dollar game. Yeah, I mean that's where I would want to pick it up. I mean this is the dilemma that I'm having. With this Frozen. is a twenty dollar game all day long. And it's all got right. more content now. I, I would. I can see. It this is the third one. It's iterative sequel. When did the last two come out? Are they putting this uh, out once a year? The second one might have been on Genesis. Oh. What? No, no, no. These were recent. No, they're, not, no, they're fairly recent. They're not yeah. retro oh. games, Anna. You're thinking of a different game. Jonathan, is this related to Super Baseball? Like the uh, chewing no. bubble gum and breaking bats over your knees? No, they do break bats over their knees. Okay. I'm wondering if it's related then. Like, you know, like a spiritual successor. It because they had a... Sp- uh, Super Baseball that I played along with um, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Baseball on the Super Nintendo. I played both of those. And uh, Super Baseball was like that over the top. Like they had these batters that were like between like super frail and thin to like these huge beefy yep. guys. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was and, like the ice hockey game. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't play much hockey games. Oh, hockey um, on the NES. Peter. Peter. They all have funny names too. You gotta go back and try that. Yeah, names. yeah, um, yeah. I'm wondering if that's what they were aiming for because that was absurd and a lot of fun. I typically like arcade style uh, sports games more than the realistic ones. So um, it sounds it's, like it. I would say it's pure arcade. It's got it's kind of a good bridge between. So it's got some where you actually kind of aim or with the analog stick where your bat hits, not just the timing only. Yep. Um, there's little meters where so you can make it more complex or you can make it really easy and then there's like a, an ego meter to where it scales up the difficulty and down uh, so you can make it really easy or really hard and this is so probably really all good. the baseball you're going to get this year so you may as well lean into it I think it. I might have been thinking of RBI baseball no that's yeah. that's the one that's a revitalization that, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's an old series that has been recently it's, revived I, I like this one more than RBI baseball I checked that cool. one out so this is fun. I've actually been putting time into it. And so if you looked at this now, Anna, are you interested in this? I want to see you play an arcade sports sim is what I'm saying. I want them oh. to remake Blades of Steel. I, and I know this isn't a Blades sim. Blades of Steel is awesome. Blades of Steel. Oh, you want a hockey this, this, game this now. This has full customization as well, so you can make an RPG gamer team. <gasps> oh. Ooh. You can change how they look. You can change your, you, you can make an RP gamer logo. You can make a, uh, you can do all that, all customizable, and create a franchise mode and then play with it. And, oh, that means and I'm going to have to play it on hockey PC. Game? PC? Uh, Why PC? Because he's talking about stuff that I don't think is going to exist in the console versions. Being oh, able yeah, to make it all does. It all does, says Alex. It all does, but yeah, it's hard to sort of import stuff on consoles. Cool. I'm getting prices now. 45 on PS4. Yep. I would wait till it drops at 20 or 30. Yeah, I mean, if... 30 is like exactly where I want to Yeah, but it's fr- it's freaking baseball season now. Who cares? It'll be baseball season when we're I buy still it. In, we're still in COVID <laughs> lockdown. And if you're looking for a good arcade hockey game, uh, NHL 3-on-3 was good. Uh, It reminded me of the Blades of Steel, like, 
pick a small, medium, or large character. And that's, yeah, small, absurd. medium, large character. That's ice, that's ice hockey on the NES is where that comes from, Peter. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's you got to go all the way to the roots. A little more sim-like. Ice hockey was pure arcade. And yeah, and yeah, NHL yeah. 3 and 3 was totally going for that. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's what they, you know, they were aiming for that kind of thing. Um, and then they added power-ups. Nice. But it's it's insane. I still quote that game actual. to this day because it was hysterical. Everyone liked Blades of Steel as a kid for the fighting part of it. So instead of just a, playing a hockey game, everyone just played like hockey boxing. <laughs> I, uh, listen, whenever we go to a hockey game, that's all I'm there for. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> she tells me to sit so down. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is what I'm here for. And she's like, shut up, Chris. And then I sit, sit down. I play down. my switch until the next fight. <laughs> See, for me, as far as sports games, it was Mutant League or nothing. Mm. I, I, I played the crap out of Mutant League, Mutant League hockey. I, I couldn't get into Mutant League football. I think as they much. had all of them, didn't they? Oh wow, okay. Yeah. I think I was I just hockey and football. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish they would have the done a baseball. I think the only... hockey's an uncommon game too right now. It's like sixty. Oh, Anna, there's a free demo on PC for Super Mega Baseball. Ooh. Yeah, try it out. Um, the only football game I think that we really had readily available in Canada was um, Tecmo Bowl. Because mm. my brother was, I mean, and me too. Wow, we these are really big into NFL as kids, but we couldn't really find any games to play for it. Yeah, Supermaker Baseball is it's a, it's a really good game. They, people like this a yeah, lot. It's good. <laughs> I like it. It just came out too, like a couple weeks ago. So. It's a good time killer game too. Like you are sitting around, like, oh, okay, so I'm working from home. So here's my problem so. with Anna. My problem with Anna. Here's my problem with with game <laughs> selection for Anna is that she doesn't want time killer games because she's on this kick to like destroy her backlog. Yeah. So I feel like she's gonna shoot me down on this. No, I I am interested in this. I just don't want to pay forty five dollars. Right, well, I'm downloading the free demo to our PS4. Thanks. You're welcome. So if like I'm sitting in a conference call. And I'm just kind of more actively listening than I am talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll fire that up and play because like, you can in between pitches just pause it and do whatever. This is what Animal Crossing is for. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't think he plays. Animal no, of course Crossing. not. No, no. <laughs> Does your daughter even play Animal Crossing? Oh, no, they have. My daughter and wife have been playing it. Ah, you can tell. Have, like, like, oh, no. I, I think I talked about it last time, and I don't like. It's. I don't want to seem like I'm poo-pooing all over these games just because I don't get the appeal. I understand people love it. I used to understand. Like, to me, she just runs around, shakes trees, and digs up rocks, and I just don't know. <laughs> no, you've nailed it. That's it. Fun. Nope, that's, that's the game. And then they, like, put plants out in front of their house, and they're like, oh, look, I got I got this new table for my room. I'm like, cool. And I'm like, yeah, they're loving it, and I just don't get it. But that's cool. If they like it, they like it. I feel but. so called out right now. <laughs> <laughs> All they do is then, the, nothing. It's, what are they doing? <laughs> that's the premise of life sims, man. You do <laughs> things you do in life and then kids today. And then my sure. wife's like, let's go watch something. No, I got to get out and do my day. So she's calling them her dailies. Listen, one of these trees has an item in it. I have to find it. I'm two, just of gonna them com- do. Oh, two of them. Oh my two gosh. Two item trees, four fossils, one money rock, one money tree. Come on now. <laughs> these are your dailies. 
<laughs> would it annoy you to know that there's also an app you can use to tr- keep track of all the crap that you've done for the day so that you don't forget? I want this app. Oh, it doesn't annoy me at all. I just, I just I think don't get I it. paid for that app. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I got to find the Animal Crossing New Horizons guide. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. I ended up, yeah, I ended up buying it because I used it so much. I'm like, this guy, he's got it going on, man. This is the mm-hmm. app for everybody. Here, here's what I hate about the guide situation for Animal Crossing is there's like this amazing thick, like thicker than the dictionary guide in Japan for Animal Crossing, and we don't get it here. And That's like this is this is true for like all games apparently in Japan. It's just this one. I really wish we'd get one, and we get there's no guide here. They don't even a thin one. It's like the only thing they put out guides for here in in America anymore, like Pokemon. And then even those take two to three months after game release to maybe get a Pokedex guide. Like, what is this garbage? So one thing I would do on there, I noticed, was I you could if you're on the same island, you could kind of troll each other on there. Yeah. And they've done it a little bit accidentally. My daughter's done it some, but then my wife gets upset at her. But all those plants out there, my wife's like, yeah, don't tell her. I accidentally dug up one of her flowers or something. (laughs) She didn't notice. And then I'm like, man, I would so get on if I was on there and like totally rearrange all their flowers and put all kind of weeds in front of their house and mess with them every day. So, yeah, you're uh, not getting on my island, okay. she said. So I have that, the that, – go ahead. That would be grounds for a divorce yeah. in my house. <laughs> That's a Cass's belly right there. Um, so I have, I have the app store up, and I searched for Animal Crossing New Horizons. Here's, here are my guide options. You tell me which one – don't look at your phones or anything. You tell me which one you think you bought. Companion for Animal Crossing New Horizons, Animal Crossing New Horizons Travel Guide, Animal Crossing New Horizons Dot Guide for Animal Crossing, and Guide for Animal Crossing NL. It's neither of those. It's none of those. And none of those. Those are the only ones that came up. Um, yeah, so the one that we have, um, you have an iPhone, Kelly? Oh, uh, Android. Oh, okay. Um, well, the one that was on iPhone is just ACNH Guide. Yeah, so it's, that's it's the one. abbreviated. That- that's the one that I have. Uh, ACNH dot guide, possibly. No, just no, guide. just guide. And it costs um, money. You don't. You don't. Uh, no, no, there's a free, free version, but you can pay the money to remove the ads. Is it Gene Allister? S what? No, okay, you're not gonna know. All right, it was made by like Psy something or other. Yeah, that's this one. That's ACNH dot guide. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. All right, I understand what happened. Yeah, the the iPhone apps. The uh, name that shows up on the screen is different than the name in the store. Got it. Because, no, actually just because. There's no, there's yeah. not a good reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who are we talking about? Jonathan, so, what other breakneck things did you do? To my last game, I started XCOM Khmer Squadron. Hey, what do you um, think? So, at first... I I think they had some balancing and difficulty spike issues. So I I played so you you I did the tutorial so I got the standard starting party and it was kind of really easy for a while. And then so you pick like one of these three alien gangs or factions or whatever you want to call it to kind of go after and you pursue them. Kind of got the gist of how the the game the outside of the game works, the strategic layer and all that. Yada yada. I went through all that getting it down the gameplay is pretty similar but you have the little you know busting breaching through each different room it's cool new mechanics different i i kind of would say i wish it wasn't the main mechanic i wish it was just something that's happened sometimes but that's kind of how this is running so i it's it's all good 
Uh, and it was kind of really easy for a while. And then I got to the, like the last mission on there and it just totally kicked my ass and it was like super hard. And I think since, since I played that one, they've patched it to, they said balance that mission, the difficulty. So I guess it probably was too hard and it wasn't just me or I wasn't, I was just maybe unprepared or something, but there's a whole bunch of enemies that are had that like one of them was a boss enemy that got multiple turns and then these big guys and they're shooting these globs of AOE damage at you. And then after like two turns, more enemies spawned in. I was like, there's no way I can even keep up. There's no way I can do this. And so I kind of got frustrated with the game and stopped for a little bit. And I was talking with a friend who's playing it. He's like, yeah, don't take the tutorial group because it seems like um, with the skills and um, the specialties of the characters. So, and the, you know, the, the regular XCOM, all the characters are basically the same, except they have like a different class, right? And so this class is this role. But, you know, if you have one guy from one class and another from, you know, the same class, a different character, maybe their stats are a little different, but they basically are the same troop. Here it's a lot more specialized. So whenever you do something like that, you're going to have balancing issues to where some characters are inherently more powerful than others. And there's some combos and such. And there's probably going to be arguments on which one's the top tier and which one's the lesser ones. But I felt some of the ones in the the tutorial uh, characters you're given – are uh, maybe weaker in some ways. Mm. So when you start a, a game without the tutorial, there's like a pool of characters you can pick from, and you start you pick four of them. And then after so much, you get to pick three options will come up and say, hey, you can grab another new character, and you'll get three options, and you pick one of the three, and then I join your team. all the characters had stories in this one. They they do, kind of. It's it's not it, it's kind of like background stories, but oh, it's not like right. an RPG story. Right. And, they, and they say stuff, and they have personalities, but it's very... It's more surface stuff, right? It's not really going to change how the game goes. It's just going to change what one-liners and little things you get. So uh, it just gives them personality, for, you know, and more being more distinct than this this nameless soldier that you get that gets killed in two rounds or you know two matches or whatever, like in the XCOM originals. So, uh, so with that being said, so how your roster characters, maybe your play style, even is going to change how the game goes. And, and that's really cool in a lot of ways. And that's how it is in a lot of strategy RPGs, right? Where certain name characters are really powerful and some of them are not so great. Uh, but it can mess with the balancing issues and, and how you go about each mission and picking the right ones. So uh, it's still cool. So I, I restarted it and I was having a lot better time this time around. And I picked a different Because you didn't do the tutorial characters. Uh, part of it was that. Part of it was also just me knowing the game more, knowing the upgrades and system more. Um, picking out a, a, I written read up on all the characters before. It was just okay. I got these characters, and okay, here's three more characters. Which one of these looks cool? Okay, this one kind of looks cool. I picked that one. Yeah, I, had, I knew nothing about it. Now I kind of went and read up on what what some of the different ones do, what their interactions are, how they promote, and what you know. So understanding the system and uh, the characters a bit better has made the difficulty. Well, even then, the difficulty is easy for the most part to me. On the regular missions, it's just some of these special missions that were hard. It ramped up real high. So, uh, but they patched that one out and they made it not as hard. I read. So I haven't played that one yet. So whenever I get back to it, I'll I can see. Hey, is it really that much easier or, or what? So, but it's fun. I haven't played it in a few days. Been distracted. I need to get back to it. Uh, I was enjoying it, and I uh, I kind of did put last time I was on. I did put down Mech Warrior Five for a bit. It was getting way too samey and grindy and like you do a you could do a mission like a story mission 
and it's like, okay, now you're this mercenary group. Now go around and get your uh, your reputation up. And getting your reputation up is just by completing random missions. And so you just fly around completing. And these missions, there's like a, a certain – you start doing the same ones over and over again. And there's fun in the customizing your, your mechs and, and, the, and the gameplay itself is just – Going and grinding like seven or eight missions just to do one more story mission and doing that again and again, it was starting to get a little old. So I'm still having fun with it, but I put it down for a bit, give it a break so I just wouldn't burn out on it. Um, but I've been talking for a while. That's all the stuff I've been playing. All right. Alex, why don't you jump into what you've been playing? Yep. Sure. So I'm actually giving myself an existential crisis about Uh-oh. two weeks ago, so that's been fun. <laughs> Which has, oh yeah, somewhat destroyed motivation to do. Wait, why? What? I don't know. That just happened. Oh, so not <laughs> this happened. isn't a story that you're yeah. trying to tell. You're just like I just no, been. No, I've been just, in a uh, game funk. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Although I did, I did have stuff to review, so that made it a bit easier to actually. Do Gives it. you some focus. It. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the, no, I think the main one I played most is Atawa Rumino Prelude to the Fallen. <laughs> I love the fact that yeah. you changed your Twitter name to Underwater Alex Fuller. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I wasn't sure if anyone would figure it out, but I knew immediately. I saw that. I cackled so much. Yep. So that's the third one, right? Or it's the, the but it's well, the first it's one. The, oh, it's the goodness. remake of the first one. <sighs> well, it's the first time we've so, gotten it. All right. I think. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, what order should these be played in again? You should play Freely to the Fallen first. Okay. Because it, it is the first one and the other, two, the other two are sequels to it. So it's Freely to the Fallen, then Mask of Deception, then Mask of Truth. Now, Deception and Truth, they were Vita games. Have they launched on any other systems since? Yeah, they're, they're both on P- They both came out on PS4. Yeah, I was telling you about the PS4 one for one of them yesterday. Yeah, I didn't believe you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah, they launched simultaneously on PS4 okay. and Vita. They're also available on PC, but that's by a different publisher. Oh, that's the Chinese one, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so the translation is quite as good. Well, no, it, it uses Atlas's Oh, it does? Translate, okay, I must but, be thinking yeah. of some of the Falcom games. Yeah, the, the Falcom games have some Chinese versions that are on. But yeah, yeah, the, uh, the Toa Rumino ones, are, they yeah, did buy Atlas's localization. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, this one's pretty fun. I'd probably put it in terms of quality between Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth, because it doesn't have the sort of same issues that Mask of Deception was, and that it sort of doesn't spend as much time on what are ultimately fairly pointless scenes, just trying to set up the relationships. But it also doesn't quite have the emotional impact that Mask of Truth does, because Mask of Truth really benefits from the setup Mask of Deception had. This one just speeds along a bit more. It isn't quite as deep in terms of storyline and antagonists, but it's still very entertaining if you like visual novels. And then you started playing Dungeon Defenders Awakened. Is that a review game? Yeah, that's a review game. There's no no one else really wanted it, and it seemed it seemed fairly short. And also managed to also had a discussion with some of the developers behind it, so I thought I'd give it a go. It's it's pretty fun. I mean, it is. If you've played Dungeon Defenders, you know exactly what it is because it's almost a soft reboot for the series. So you are 
you are doing tower defense action RPG hybrid. Tower defense seems to be sort of the biggest chunk of it, but you the action RPG lets you sort of influence things a bit more. And the game the gameplay is really strong. They've got that sort of they've built on the template really fine. The problem with it at the moment is it's lacking interesting content. Pretty much all there is to do is just play the game and do challenge modes. There's nothing really on top of that to do. But yeah, I mean, all the gameplay is fine. They just probably, especially if you're coming into it from Dungeon Defenders, because they've had about, what, eight years to actually build upon the game and add a ton of content. You really won't have that on the Dungeon Defenders Awakened launch, yeah. launch edition. That one's always struck me as weird, like just starting over with nothing. It's like, hmm, there's a lot of stuff in that old game. Yeah, I haven't actually played it, so that's one of the things they were mentioning is that they've had so long to build upon that. They're planning to do the same with Dungeon Defense Awakened. It's just going to be getting over that initial initial hump of the in, lack of content that it starts out with and trying to get enough of a solid base. But, I mean, yes, the gameplay, the gameplay's strong, just you're going to be relying on probably the fun that you can have with friends in it rather than the game itself providing all of it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the base, the basic summary of what I've played recently. The other thing I've started on now is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. How's that going? You enjoying playing that yeah, again? Good. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I think. They, my, they my so lying. long. How can you get be excited to play that whole thing again? Because <laughs> they weren't really lying. Really good. When, right. uh, they weren't lying when they said that this was the definitive edition. Because my God, it fixes everything. Does it? Like what? Um, the quest. Well, you know how your biggest complaint about Xenoblade Two is that you can see where a quest is, but like if it's on an elevation or something, you, you no can't idea. figure out how to get so there. So awful to find it. Yeah. Um, this one gives you a dotted line Yay, to follow, finally. so it'll like it'll curve around stuff. And oh, go can they stuff, patch so that you... back into the old one, please? <laughs> I want to finish Chronicles too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it actually all of those quests and twelve fine things it really speeds up because it gives it gives you an icon for where a specific item that you have to pick up is as well. Mm-hmm. So when you're collecting all those blue orbs, you can actually know which ones are the items you're looking for. Yeah, that's a game changer. Yeah, you can also find out where exactly people are if you need to find them for on the affinity chart as well. So they're easy to find. Yeah. All these things aren't really, weren't issues for me when I played, but you notice them when you start playing it and they will help a lot with people who had those issues. I remember I had a lot of trouble with tracking NPCs down. It's like if I couldn't remember where they were, that quest was lost for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, remember I, I played it at launch back in the day. So there were there wasn't like hardly any guides out or anything, or the ones that were out were in Japanese. So trying to find some of those NPCs was just a nightmare back then. And now the the map has plenty of visualization. You have quest tra- easy quest tracking. It's just uh, it, it fixed everything to me. Yeah, so far I've just managed to get to the Biomass of the Zeg, so I'm, I'm currently doing a bunch of the side quests there because 
that's sort of that's sort of how it works for me. You you can ignore the side quests, but you probably find yourself underleveled if you do that. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy doing all the side quests anyway because you just get to explore and wander around, and listen to the awesome music, Dancing and, dis- and discover the Monado's power. <laughs> Please remember, don't forget me. That's the other game. <sighs> no. Oh, yeah, that, no, yeah, this is. This was I, I got a good feeling. I got a good yeah. I got a good feeling gosh. Backslash over and over again. <laughs> That's the power of the keyblade. Uh Monado. Monado, I met I definitely met Monado. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Kelly, since you talked about Xenoblade, what else have you been playing? Um, yeah, I, I started out Xenoblade last night. I um, only just got the Monado and I'm currently d- distracted doing side quests because, you know, just like WoW back in the day, it's so easy to just pick up like a whole bunch of them and go out and do them all at once. Ah, the Christmas tree effect. Yes, yes. Um, so, some of them you want to do because they can disappear at certain times. Mm-hmm. Most most are fairly lenient on how long they give you, but it's basically until plot happens. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, last week we had another cursed backtrack going on where it took us three days to try to record said backtrack because of um, audio and internet issues. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I spent a lot of time just kind of at my computer, like not really having much to do, waiting for stuff to get fixed. So I ended up picking up Terraria again because I wanted to check out that final content patch, if you all were aware of that at all. Yeah, last patch, what is it, 11 years um, later? Jer- um, Journey's End, uh, where it, it added like a whole bunch of new stuff, um, like new biomes and stuff like that. But the big thing that they added that I was curious about and I'm completely sucked into is the Journey mode. Which is um, Terraria's version of creative mode, like in um, Minecraft. I was kind of hoping but, you played as a roadie going on tour with Journey. No, uh, that would no. be pretty cool, though. Yeah. Um, but um, you don't made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, Journey mode works a little bit different in cre- than creative mode in that you don't get access to um, like all the stuff all at once when you start a Journey character. Um, you have to find stuff and research it before you can create it infinitely. So it, it is kind of like a good mix of making you go out in the world and explore and try to find stuff. But also, um, once you find the stuff, you can create whatever you want so that you can build like your dream house or um, build a town. And I, I really kind of like it that way because my favorite thing about Terraria was going out in the world and exploring and, you know, like, oh, well, what's in this cavern? Oh, I just discovered a mushroom cavern. Um, oh, like one more, one more room. Oh, there's a chest, you know, that kind of gameplay loop. And the journey mode just kind of makes it a little bit easier to do that. Um, especially since in journey mode, you can turn on, uh, you can turn on God mode so that you don't die so that you don't really have to worry too much about getting your ass handed to you. Cause, um, Terraria is hard and it's been always traditionally been hard. And <clears throat> I'm just, I'm having a lot of fun with it and it's letting me kind of explore this game that I love without being, I don't know, just so 
it, it, it respect doing it this way is respecting my time a little bit better than you know having to like grind up a whole bunch of items just to be able to take on a boss. And I, I you know, since it's the last patch, it's like probably the best time to get into Terraria. Um, I don't know if you guys have any questions or or curious or. Is it really a good time to get into Terraria? Like, yeah. There's not new games like Astroneer and stuff where I can get new experiences with bigger, newer engines and new things. I mean, I didn't know that there was kind of a new Terraria clone. Well, I mean, out there. I don't know. I'm just thinking of sandboxy exploration build-up games. That's all. Yeah. I mean, w- w- once you're done with Terraria, you could probably just move on to something else and mm. be be okay. But um, I, I'm personally having a lot of fun with it, and I, I at least want to get into the um, – beat the ball of flesh and get into the hard mode of Terraria so that I can see what all beat was that. Beat the wall because... of flesh? Yeah, it's like oh, the. Oh goodness! <laughs> it's the yeah. I, I'm looking up. It is literally things got nasty flesh. here very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, there's there's some gross stuff in Terraria. I see. Uh, like like um the brain of Cthulhu, which yeah is, is a giant brain that drops tissue samples. Uh, very creepy, mm. kind of Lovecraftian stuff, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah, I, I kind of can't wait to get back into that because, um, like, once I hit hard mode in the vanilla Terraria, I kind of n- noped out because yeah, it it gets hard after that, and monsters hit like trucks, and there's just so much spawning that and stuff that you just can't handle a lot of it. Um, versus this journey mode where you can control how much stuff spawns. So, like, I had a um, solar or no, a blood moon happen where there's like all kinds of unique monsters and stuff happening. So, I, I cranked up the spawn rate all the way and was just mow, mowing down monsters and getting all their drops and then researching them so that now I can create a um, blood moon anytime I want. Okay. There you yeah. Go. And, like, in hard mode, there's going to be um, solar eclipses, which I'm hoping, or no, lunar eclipses, which spawn like universal monsters. And um, th- those monsters have a chance to drop broken hero swords, which lets you craft the best swords in the game. Which, in vanilla mode, it's like really hard to get some of those items because you never know when a solar or a lunar eclipse is going to happen. But in journey mode, I'm just going to be able to spawn it and then play around with some of those really high-level weapons. And it's just going to be more fun with me. And, of, I mean, of course, you can still play the regular mode if you want the challenge, but... Like I said, I I prefer this kind of stuff a lot better. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's that. I um have been trying to get through Trials of Mana. I just Ooh. got to the. Are you losing steam point. on it or something? Or? No, um, I keep trying to get through it, but like I said last week, um, when we took the week off, I mm-hmm. was trying to record a backtrack and just couldn't be at the couch or didn't want to be playing my switch while i was waiting and um then this week i was trying to get through it and i got good progress but then uh thursday night some of my i had a bad reaction to some of my medication and mm. like did nothing but sleep for 15 hours straight oh that sounds uh, delightful <laughs> it's not delightful when no, you're trying to not. get shit yeah. done <laughs> i i kept 
it was like that time I took Valium when I was trying to play Final Fantasy two and or ten two and kept waking up trying to get to a save point, passing back out, and so on and so forth. Um <laughs> actually Kelly, that's just ten two. It's not that interesting of a game. Burr <laughs> uh, But I, I'm to the point where I got Flammy the Dragon and I am that's where it really opens up and you have to go kill these eight bosses and I think I'm down to like two of them and part of what took me so long to kind of get to that point anyway was because um, at that point you can do your second class change which means you gotta go find a certain monster and grind them over and over again to get the items to do your class change but luckily there's less RNG in this version of the game so if you get Six of the item seeds, you'll get the six item, or you get the six items that you need because, um, like each class change has a light and a dark change. And to do that the second time through, you have to have, um, the right item. So if you, you want to do the light, light change, you have to have the right item, et cetera, et cetera. So it kind of behooves you to get six items to or succeed so that you can get both items for each character and kind of decide which class you're going to go with at that point. Um, am I making any sense? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. And I, I'm still having fun with it, and I definitely want to finish the game before I really dive in with both barrels with um, Xenoblade, because I know Xenoblade's going to be a time sink. And luckily, because of the questing in Xenoblade, I could just, you know, p- play the opening and then kind of put it aside so that I can finish up Trials. And I don't think I have much longer to go in Trials of Mana. I think the rest of the story goes pretty quick after you beat those eight bosses. Okay. And the last thing I've been playing is Animal Crossing. Um, nothing really new there other than me um, doing some island hopping this week to get get stuff in my catalog. Because I eventually want to build an arcade, so I'm trying to get the pinball machines in my catalog to order. Um, I, I don't think we talked last week either. I'm sad that they patched out the item duplication glitch. <laughs> it was bound to happen. I know, I know. <laughs> I just, I want to do a Tom Nook meme with that one uh, Drake meme where it's like fixing the uh, god-awful servers, nope. Fixing an item duplication bug that actually makes the game fun, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I felt after that, but <laughs> I, I get it, I guess. They patch the things they can, I guess. <laughs> Like, you know, you'd think that fixing your unstable servers would be more of a priority so that I can have more than two people on my island and not have it not crash and burn. Mm-mm. Well, that's your internet connection. Sure No, it is. It, it's been a problem across the board because everybody on turnip.exchange has had to limit their um, island visitors to, like, two so that they don't get crashes. It's not just me. It, their servers are no, but it's bad on yours. <laughs> no, <laughs> when I, you're downstairs. I well, well, yeah, but I'm like right by the router, and I'm still having issues. Yeah, it's right. not all me. Right. And it, that's not just a lie. I'm telling myself to feel better. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have the the awareness to know that you should check for that. <laughs> no, I, I get it. But... <laughs> 
Nintendo needs to fix their crap. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, that's, yeah that ain't going to happen. I can dream. You can. Especially when, with med and interactions. And it will continue to be a dream. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but that's all I've been playing. I need, I need to hear more about Anna and cattails. Well, we're going to have Peter talk about his stuff first. Yeah, uh, mine's going to be pretty quick. I don't have a, a whole lot. I mean, there's not a lot of depth to most of the stuff I've been playing anyways. But, um, Chris, guess what I've been playing? Um, oh, no. Uh, Fantasy Star Online 2. I have been. Yeah. Yep. So the PC version finally launched on Wednesday, and I've been just neck deep in that. I, um, I tried to get interested, and I just said, no, nah, I can't do this. I know, I know. And it's funny, because, you know, I, the more I play it, the more I see it, that it is an eight-year-old game. Um, there's a lot of little quirks and things like that, where it's like, wow, eight years ago, this would have been fantastic. No, nah, I'm not sure of that. <laughs> you don't think? I think it was an old game-style design back when it came out. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. But, I mean, so... Comparing it to Fantasy Star Online 1, sure. um, it was, you know, leaps and bounds. I mean, you could jump, and that, enough, that was, <laughs> that was enough for me. I'm just like, How yes, can you not can be a jump. fan of this game? You can uh, jump! But, yeah, so um, the launch was uh, all right. Um, the, you know, at first it was fine, uh, but then as people started filling out, um, I downloaded it like two in the morning when they first let it out, but um, they had server maintenance until eight. So I jumped on it about 830 in the morning and uh, it started out okay. But as people started filling in, the lobby got atrocious. Mm -hmm. uh, it MMO was... launch goes wrong. I'm shocked. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. Um, so there was a lot of, of frame skipping and stuff. I had to like even turning down, you know, loading models of other characters to like the minimum, which was five people still had uh, some really rough uh, frame rates going on. But uh, they fixed it up pretty quickly. I think it took uh, just a day and it got better. And, you know, it's been a few days now and, and I haven't noticed any issues. I think they're finally um, they they launched with only three of the six servers active. Uh, I think they're finally going to launch the other three soon. Um, I logged on this morning and saw they were they were under maintenance, so I'm uh, guessing that they're going to come out. But I ended up going with a ranger hunter class combination, um, which probably doesn't mean much to anybody who doesn't play. Um, but basically, I shoot things with a lot of damage, um, and I yeah, I'm just I'm happy it's here. Uh, I've been enjoying it and. You know, just doing my daily grind stuff. I don't know if I'll go ham to the point where I like max all the classes and, you know, max everything out and, and all that stuff. But <clears throat> I'm enjoying it. I'm playing with a couple friends uh, who who played PSO1 with me locally when that was a thing. Um, so I've been enjoying it. The other games I've been playing uh, have been so this all stemmed from some surgery I did on my PSP. Um I had this issue with my PSP where if you turned it on, um, all the screen was fine. It, you know, all the pixels were there. There were no dead pixels or anything like that. But what you saw down the screen were these streaks. 
And what those streaks did was they basically replicated the pixels to the left or the right of them. Okay. So you had kind of this weird warping thing going on. And at first it started off, it was just like one. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I can still play my game. It's not a big deal. But then there was like four and then seven and then ten. And it just kept getting worse to the point where it's like, okay, now these games are unplayable because I can't read the text uh, when they're coming up or I can't see what's going on. So I was like, all right, uh, I Googled how to fix the screen and I did some minor surgery and did a screen swap and it worked. Wow. Uh, I, I replaced the screen just fine. Where'd you um, get the screen replacement from? Amazon. Okay. It was like um, twenty bucks, and uh, yeah, it's um, so it's it's fairly easy to do. Uh, the one thing that everybody warned you about, and I would agree with, is that all of the cables inside of the PSP, because they wanted everything to be small, are very very frail. Mm. So they use those yep. ribbon cables, but they're like paper thin. So uh, one wrong move or one tear the wrong way could just rip it entirely. Yeah, I've done so. that to a Wiimote. Or a, a switch remote. Yeah, yeah. So it's it was um, you know, it was it was fun to do, and I I actually tweeted about it and said I felt like I leveled up as a <laughs> console owner because that's a, I think that's the first uh, home repair I've ever done on any of my systems. Yeah. I usually... Here's the thing so... about that: like that used to be a hobbyist thing you could do, like repairing your own electronics and stuff. But as mm-hmm. we get further and further into miniaturization that becomes less and less doable. And like there's this whole movement for right to repair and using user serviceable parts and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's dying. And it's like, you can level your skills up all you want, but like the next gen is just going to be that much harder and that much less doable without special equipment or even at all, depending on the parts they use. I mean, a lot of it's gone to these tablets and they're like mobile phones or they make it, you know, a lot of your mobile and cell phones, you can't, it's really difficult to open them up without messing with it because they make them waterproof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, which is a good thing, but like the way down. they do it, it's like, it's impossible for you to, you to do anything. <laughs> I can repair stuff up to like the 360 PS3 era to a degree, but I, now I haven't, you know, messed with the Xbox One or PS4, but I've done PSP mods. Uh, I don't think I've ever opened up my Vita, but like the 3DSs and DSs aren't too bad. I don't believe. Um, so, yeah, but I think we're now hitting that spot to where it's going to get or it's not even going to be worthwhile because they're not going to be made to be opened up and changed out very much. It's all going to kind of be real small and on these you know, small circuits. And pretty, so you just got to replace stuff. Yeah, I think that's why arcade collecting is such a big deal, because it yeah. is something that you can still service and yeah. work in. You got to Phoenix a lot of the batteries. Growing up, the idea of buying brand new electronics was absurd in my house because whenever something like a TV or a VCR broke, my dad would just, you know, pull it apart, look at it, be like, here's your problem, and then fix it. And, like, the first time that I had a TV break where I couldn't fix it, it was like having a crisis, basically. It's like, no, I don't buy new electronics. I just fix stuff. And, unfortunately, that's just not a thing anymore. It's and it, cheaper. Yeah. I do one. Yeah. I mean, it makes me kind of sad, but at least the electronics have come down so much that that's an option now. Yeah. Even it's starting to get that way with some retro parts. Like, sometimes it's just cheaper to buy a new Sega Genesis than it is to buy this part and get shipped. Mm -hmm. And 
or, or it's such a it's so close to where it's almost like unless you have like some kind of sentimental value with it. Now there's some things that 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 are still valuable enough, but it's uh, the parts yeah, but... and shipping and doing the work is usually a wash with the cost of a new unit. Yeah, replacing the PSP was not cost effective. I think they're yeah. still going used for like a hundred bucks. Um, really? Yeah, um, and I I still have a lot of physical discs, so I couldn't. Which do the PSP go. model was this, by the way? Two thousand one. Okay, two thousand. Yeah, that's yeah. what I have. So uh, yeah, so I fixed that up and decided to. I was going to try and crush through some PSP games before the actual console itself dies, because uh, <laughs> I have no idea how much longer I have with it, and I should really. Um, you know, get to doing that. So I started off with uh, Untold Legends, which was like one of the first PSP games, I think, to launch oh, with it. The um, action RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. Um, <laughs> it's it's real bad. Uh, That's what yeah. I recall. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not. So the the you know the story and everything about it is just it's very bland. But mm-hmm. the load screens, my gosh, you can sit on a load screen for like eight or ten seconds between areas. Uh, so that's anything, switching areas, porting back to town, porting back to the area you were just at. Um, and I don't know if that's poor optimization from the game or if that's like lack of RAM in the PSP, but it's it's bad. Um, I did not five-hour rule it, though, because I'm I'm breezing through it pretty quickly. Um, I just, I chose like a DPS class and just started hammering through. Um, so yeah. It's the five um, hour rule. Oh, oh. Anna, tell me about the five hour rule. Yeah, I'll let Anna talk about the five hour rule. (laughs) Right. So this is something that I instituted a few years ago for myself and I have spread it far and wide. Um, (laughs) if you're not loving a game by the time five hours have passed, if you're not like, I can't wait to get back to that game. If you're not engaged in some way, stop playing it. But the problem with Jonathan's games, they they take five hours to get through the rule tutorial. <laughs> Shit, I actually, on some of the games, I have a 30-minute rule. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But my also problem, too, is I, there's a lot of games while I'm playing it. Hey, that's pretty fun. I enjoyed my time with it. But when I stop playing it, do I... Does it get me excited? Do I feel that urge to go and start it again? And that's usually what kills games for me. But sorry, Peter. No, it's okay. It's okay. And um, I mean, so yeah. the five-hour rule can be interpreted whatever way you want. So how does five-hour energy sponsor this rule? No. Oh, okay. Oh, they should. They should, well, the right? Five-hour energy wears <laughs> yeah, out. Drink a five-hour energy if you fall asleep through it. <laughs> <laughs> that should be my litmus test if I can... Right. power through and not fall asleep i can't even do that anymore i fall asleep on everything anymore <laughs> well that's because you have a baby sleeping on top of you i know he's so cozy um <laughs> so uh playing untold legends though put me in a mood for um uh, dungeon crawlers in general so i ended up playing um grim dawn and titan quest anniversary kind of back to back uh cool. grim dawn i'm playing with a buddy of mine and titan quest i'm just doing solo and uh, they play almost identical, just two different, um, I guess. Aren't they uh, made by the same people? They just switch studios? Are they? I, I don't know. I, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not kidding. Everything is like one-to-one. Um, the skills, the way that the uh, classes work, the way that you can dual class, it's all identical between the two games. It's like one is set in you know, Roman, Greek times or something like that, and the other one's set in like dark 
gritty um, fantasy, I guess. Um, so yeah, I've been playing those as well. And uh, I'm actually putting a lot of time into all of these things. Uh, thanks, quarantine, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's just been a lot of dungeon crawling. And most of it got put down uh, while I go through PSO2. So uh, I'll probably get back into it, uh, including Trials. I know that I put that down as well, and I will be getting back to that. But Oh, so Grim Dawn uses the Titan Quest engine. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd say I prefer Grim Dawn over Titan Quest. If nothing else, then I think Grim Dawn's a little more polished. That's uh, much more Titan- modern, right? <laughs> I love Grim Dawn. Yeah. yeah, Titan Quest has like a lot of weird bugs uh, that still exist. Um, it, it does a really weird thing with loot where um, you can tell it that you want to see all the loot on the ground, and sometimes it just won't show you, so you won't know something dropped. Um, And then if you try and press, like, I think Alt is, like, the universal show-all loot for all these games, um, it'll show the name of it in, like, the corner of your screen uh, as if it's, like, off the screen somewhere, and then you go and try and follow it to go get it, and then it's not actually there. So... There's a lot of weird stuff with Titan Quest, um, I, and I think it's an old game, right? That's like 2007 or yeah, something. It's pretty old. Um, yeah, and I, I do know Grim Dawn is a little more recent, um, so it makes sense as to why it feels better. But um, yeah, I mean, even Titan Quest being an anniversary edition still doesn't quite hold up in today's uh, society world. Yeah, I tried to play the anniversary edition and it said, nah, or the, I think it was on PC, but even still, it's like, Bleh. yeah, yeah. If I could go play Path of Exile, and that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> Did Path of Exile two come out yet? Nope. Later this year is the plan. See if it gets delayed. Yeah, Australia hasn't been quite, and uh, well, they're New Zealand, New Zealand yeah. hasn't been quite as affected by COVID as some other places. So I don't know. Yeah, they they were affected by it but i can't tell i can't say how much at um, this stage. they were affected by it but they got through it pretty quick because they like got on top of it almost immediately yeah they still have all the lockdown stuff though yeah right. so i mean yeah in terms of lockdown it's still pretty much the same situation as elsewhere lockdown baby <laughs> no chris <laughs> It's a song popularized by Giant Bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So is that everything that you've been playing, Peter? Yep. All right. Hey, Chris. Yeah. You you went on an educational game kick. Educational. Isn't that what you called it? Uh, neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn games and play games that challenge me and make me think. So lots of puzzly, strategic type things. So you've been. So I'm really Sudoku bad at that. On your iPad. I've been playing the heck out of Sudoku. Um, I'm still not good at it, but I'm getting better, and that's nice. And uh, more importantly, I've started playing Crusader Kings too. Out of context, <laughs> Crusader Kings is hilarious. I joined uh, the I joined a devil cult last night. Um, join our Discord server and join in on some of our uh, RPG or our Discord party nights to hear some of the out of context. Oh, it's hilarious in context too. Sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> he he 
He so a, a lot of times this week I've been playing Switch in the bedroom and Chris has been playing Crusader Kings in the office, which are like across the hall from each other. So we shout things back and forth to each other. And so the other day he shouts at me, they killed her. And I'm like, uh, can I have some context to what's going on? He's like, yes, they assassinated me. And even worse, they assassinated my niece by throwing her off the parapet. <laughs> and did. now I have no air. Those jerks. <laughs> it's okay. They were part of my family line. I still got to play. Oh, wait, no, that was the old game. Yeah, that, that game sucked. They, they just, the ju- they're jerks. Everyone's selfish. So it my response like to that. Having one air. Say what? It sounds like your own fault for only having one yeah, air. Well, you know, I tried. You need at least ten airs at all times. I I, I understand. Okay, but when I make more airs, they all want my throne after I die. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do when you have more than one? You kill them off, or you divorce the wife? Get excommunicated? <laughs> I can't get them excommunicated. <laughs> but then the trick is to have the backup heirs to get with the mistress that comes by. Oh, oh, oh. That's a bastard child. Oh, oh. That's <laughs> illegitimate, but if your your only heir dies, then you can make the bastard child the real heir. So he shouts, he goes, ah, crap. And I'm like, oh, no, what's happened now? He's like, my mistress is pregnant. Oh, never mind. Good news. The father <laughs> thinks it's his. <laughs> or the husband thinks it's his. Crisis averted. Carry on. <laughs> This happened, yes. <laughs> Weren't you also screaming about like marrying cousins or something last night? It was gross. They wanted he he waffles back and forth between my cousin won't marry me and it's getting on my nerves. To my cousin won't leave me alone and really wants to marry me. <laughs> you need to keep the bloodline pure. I've got the blood of Brian right now as my current dynasty. I don't even know how this happened. Like, I just, for some reason, one of my kings was really good. So everyone talks about how they're related to King Brian. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I, that was fun. Like, the person came in and it's like, hey, you want this special charm? I'm like, sure, I'll take this special charm. And they're like, hey, you know, the church is lying to you. I'm like, oh, really? Tell me more. Like, hey, you should carve this pentagram into your skin. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. And now, then I was going on missions to defile the church and um, and and to discredit uh, popes and stuff. And it was it was fine. And I, you know, I even recruited some people. Um, uh, one of whom is still alive and is now called the son of Satan. Uh, so I think he's been doing well in there. Um, then people started discovering who I was, and apparently if you worship Satan long enough, uh, it starts to corrupt you, and you gradually get weaker um, as uh, as the satanic influence corrupts your body. Yes, but you get that SP, satanic points, and can do... Uh, dark power, it. dark yeah, power. I could, like, I could actually use dark power points to have, like, I could send the cult to be my minions to go abduct people without bringing suspicion on me, unless they figure it out. Um, and then I could even, as I get higher, I could, like, sacrifice them, those people that are captured for more dark power and stuff. I didn't really get to that level. My guy kicked it because he also had cancer, so between... Uh, this guy was a possessed lunatic with cancer who was a demonic worshiper um, and was uh, whose body was falling apart to corruption. So eventually he died. 
This is the guy who was chasing the maid through the castle, thinking she was a gopher. And then when he finds just a maid in the corner, he's like, hey, did you see where the gopher went? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Being a lunatic's fun in this game. <laughs> uh, other lunatics I've had have uh, worn past rules about wearing pants and things. Um, yeah, it, Crusader King's tool. Crusader Kings 2 is fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to the threequel, uh, the third one that's coming out later this year. Um, so I'm, I'm mixed on that one. So Oh, yeah? Are they changing things? I, I don't even know that much about ch- how much is changing. To me, it's like, what more can you do? That's a good they're question. Fo- they're focusing more on the character stuff now, so it's more about playing your character rather than... Good. That's what I want. I want like yeah. these stupid events and and the intrigue because that's the fun part of the playthroughs. Yeah, it, it, it's all about yeah doing doing that sort of stuff now. Or, and and I I do enjoy building up the empire, but I gotta say like it's it's just frustratingly slow at times. And the intrigue seems to be the part that's fun. So I'm kind of mixed on that, you know. So it's I like I totally forgot about a game I played. I meant to talk about. Oh yeah, Old World. What's that? So it's an early access, but it's really it's very playable. It's like kind of done. It's like Crusader Kings two mixed with Civilization. Oh, that sounds dangerously addictive. So it's yeah, it's really like Civilization, but then you do the whole you have a ruler, and then like random events pop up that you deal with, like in Crusader Kings, mm-hmm. and then your ruler will die, and your your uh, heir will take over, and you follow through like that. Okay. Uh, you you marry and all that, so it's like molding, you know, melding the two together. And I played some; it's fun. It, it it's gonna be more familiar as a Civ Forex uh, Civ game. And then I was doing well, and then this other civilization came and killed me. But it's from the, some of the Civ four or five designers uh, started their own company, and they made this. So it's something Chris you might want to check out. All right, old world. Old world. It's on Epic Game Store. Hey, it might even be on sale then. I wonder if that sale applies to that. Hmm. Well, is it twenty bucks? But because it's early access, it might not. Oh, it wasn't a full price game. I think it's. Let me see how much it is. I think it was a thirty or forty dollar game. I think I did get it on sale though when it first came available. Gotcha. Right now, it is forty. All right. Anything? Do you want to talk about Civilization Six, Chris? Uh, Kelly and I started playing. So she, yes. Kelly got it free on the Epic Game Store, uh, and the, I uh, had been wanting to pick it up for a while as as part of this whole push for getting into strategy games. And Humble, or was it? It was Epic. Or no, it wasn't Epic. Epic had it for free. But Humble mm-hmm. or um, one of the other ones had it for super discount. So I got, oh. like, the everything package. So I have everything for Civ Six now. Um, and That's a lot of things. Um, oh, I have everything for Crusader Kings 2, by the way. That's that's also... There's a lot of content for Crusader Kings That's 2. a paradox game for you. They, they have a lot of DLC. They love doing like, Stellaris same way. Like, people put out strategy Cities. guides about which DLC to buy. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, there's one of them that's there. Like, here's the tiers of the DLC. There's one of them I don't have because everyone crapped on it, so I didn't get it. I think it's the old gods or something like that. The Yeah. 
I had no idea what I was doing playing Civilization because I it was my literally like my first time even booting it up. So it's like okay, well I guess I'll just push into this, and I think I was like second from getting into a, a cultural victory. Oh, cool! But, yeah, I didn't even notice was, you'd gotten to that. Yeah, but then it was like what almost eleven o'clock on Monday night, and we both had to go to bed, <laughs> which is great because like, he gets I'm up the next day turn. and he's like, no. "Kelly, stop working. We need, <laughs> we need to, to play, play more Civ. We haven't yeah, played Civ with you guys." <laughs> Okay. All right. Who's going to destroy us, though? We got to put. Well, well, we need to put a, um, a handicap on him. Ally against me. Ally against you. So, I, yeah, we we need to figure out how to like reduce the game length there just a tad. I might yeah. need to go do a tutorial. Oh, have you still not done the tutorial? You should do that. That'll take you half an hour or so, and then. Well, I mean, with a Civ game, it's kind of unrealistic unless you're you start early in like a weekend day to really get finish it in one session. Oh yeah, we so won't finish it. Be, but um, yeah. yeah, Kelly, to give you an idea, I made the smallest game I could make for myself, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, hours later, it was still not even half done. <laughs> like I thought, mm. all right, I'm almost seen all the people and i've got and then i realized i took a look back of the map and figured out how to view how big the map is i realized i've only seen half the map and there's still undiscovered opponents yeah i'm not finishing this tonight <laughs> and and i also realized after the fact it was like oh i should have like pushed more outwards and like actually had settlers build more cities yeah because i didn't realize you could do that i thought that your city was like the main base Oh no! Um, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, yeah you have to see, you need to do cities. the tutorial. <laughs> yeah, oh. so I'll, I'll get there. I will get there. But it's fun playing against you since you're new to it. I feel like I have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, kill the noob. Thanks. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it, and it was fun to lose myself in these games. Uh, we didn't have a podcast last week because um, we had to put one of my cats down, uh, Sophie. Um, had a throat cancer, so we had to put her down, and that was hard for all of us. So um, that's why we didn't have a show last week, and that's why I've been really enjoying just throwing myself in a giant strategy slash 4X games, because, or just one more term games, because it's just, it's nice to have the time just pass while you're dealing with those feelings. Um, yeah, so... And then, yeah, Sudoku's been the other thing I've been doing, trying to learn better Sudoku techniques. Uh, there's a YouTube stand- channel. At, while do- going down the YouTube holes we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, I came across a channel called Cracking the Cryptic, which is a dude just doing Sudoku puzzles, and he's got an English accent, and it's relaxing to listen to. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, you're really good at Sudoku. I want to be good at Sudoku. <laughs> I want to know how to speed run Sudoku. And uh, I cannot speed run Sudoku, but I did find that he has an app, and their site is pretty good, so I've been... And it's like, ah, this this is a good interface for Zuroku. I haven't seen one of these before. So, so I figured, oh, I'm going to learn how to do this. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm in, and learning is just doing, right? And then maybe paying attention to the hints. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I've been doing, Anna. Oh, is it time for me to talk I, about my games? I think so. All right. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I said I couldn't talk about a, an embargo game, but I was really excited for it, and I couldn't wait for people to read the review. That's Bug Fables, the everlasting sapling. And it is really good. It's like someone decided to take the Paper Mario style and formula and make it everything better. 
It also adds uh, puzzle platforming, which I am terrible at because my hands are bad. Um, and so, um, honestly, I had very few complaints about it. It's a super solid game. It looks great. The Switch port is like super duper well done. It didn't crash once on me, which I can't say for that many Switch games. <laughs> um and yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. If Even if you're going to pick up um, the Origami King in July, I would say pick this one up first. Um, yeah, and it's a good price. I think it's $25. So that came out on the Switch this week. It also came out last year on the PC, so go get it. It's awesome. And then I was looking through my backlog because I'm like, oh, I committed to playing all these backlog games this year, and I, I don't feel like I've made a ton of progress because... The idea behind this is that I was going to play two backlog games for every new game that I played. So what haven't I played in my backlog yet? And so I whipped down my list of Switch games. And I'm like, oh yeah, Battleship Brigade. I saw Chris play a little bit of that. It looked interesting. So I should try it too. And so I didn't like it as much as Bug Fables, but it did manage to keep me long enough to finish it. So take that as you may. Um, there are things that I wish were different. Um, I didn't always find that the cooking and hunting components of the game had a very good balance, and that definitely frustrated me. So I don't know if I recommend. I would say watch a video of a competition of a chef off um, before you dive into it. I do adore the aesthetic. It is like a thousand percent Iron Chef. So they have like a, a guy who is at the top and he's like, my father, you know, used to head this tournament. Now I head the tournament and I have a cape and this really clear and enigma or energetic voice. And today we're going to be cooking steak. <laughs> and so it's great. And of course, in this world, there aren't quote-unquote normal animals anymore people have just learned to eat monsters and so he's you know um he's, he's like pronouncing things like actual monsters and that, as if you're gonna and and you do then have to go out and hunt them and cook them so it's like this is the battle of hydra <laughs> yeah they, they did a good job on that yeah. The the tone of all of the story is really good. And I think that's kind of what ended up carrying it for me. And the voice acting is really good. Like, it isn't that common to see an indie game that has really stellar voice acting. So that was really fun. And then I was looking through my backlog again, and I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, Cattails. I bought that on sale for like $1.99, and then I never played it. And I remember Callie telling me that this game is really good and that I needed to play it, but I remember none of the details about why she said I had to play it. So I, <laughs> spoilers for the first 30 seconds of Cattails, if you, if you feel the need. Kelly told me about this, and I totally forgot. So the game opens with a very annoyed-looking mom. Well, a mildly annoyed-looking mom and the kid, and they go to uh, a shelter, and they get a cat. And then there's like the cat growing up in the little girl's room. And then something happens, which isn't terribly clear. 
And then they're back in the car and the little girl's looking upset and the mom's looking super pissed. And then they dump you on the side of the road. Yeah, that opening wrecked me pretty bad when I played it. It it made me cry. Um, And there's another moment later in the game that's going to make you cry too because it has feels. And I think what happened is that the little girl like adopted the cat like without the mom's permission. And that's why they dumped it. But I could I could be wrong. There's many ways you could interpret that. That's how I interpret it. What if they it, keep but... it vague so you build, fill your own backstory? And yeah, then... yeah, I I kind of feel that way because it's like they went to the Capri together. Like I don't know what her problem is. Screw that bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Screw her. <laughs> so yeah, it was just I just shouted from the other room. Chris, they just threw me out of the car. <laughs> He was like, what? I'm like, I'm a cat, and they threw me out of the car. You're a cat? (laughs) I didn't know what she was playing. (laughs) What are you doing in there? But By the way, if you've ever done that to an animal, uh, F you. (laughs) Go to hell. Stop listening to our podcast. Oh... All right, so yeah, once you once you get over that initial hump of like ah, um, the game's really great. It's sort of like Rune Factory meets Harvest Moon. So it's <laughs> it's got like explore or sorry, uh, Rune Factory meets Zelda. Yeah, so it's got like a small amount of farming, but mostly it's about exploring and hunting and fighting. And um, you go to this temple sort of in the middle of all of the lands because there's multiple. Um, cats that are vying for territory and there there are um obelisks where you can offer up very obelisk the tormentor no obelisks big tall stone things and each obelisk requires certain items to be sacrificed to it so one is like bring these four fish and one is bring these four birds and one is bring these four plants. And so once you have offered all of the things that the obelisk wants, it gives you a puzzle that you have to solve. And once you solve the puzzle, there's a little Zelda-esque like temple to explore with little Zelda-like-esque puzzles. Very similar to like Breath of the Wild mini puzzle temples. So I've done one temple. I have unlocked the second one, but I can't figure out what the riddle means. Is the is the get. temple hidden? Yes. Are there legends about the temple? Uh huh. Is there a you, legend Chris. of the hidden temple? Thank you, Chris. So I I need to go get the gem before I can open the temple. But the riddle for the gem is currently stumping me. So I'm gonna have to give it a little bit more thought. I will say. Are you gonna that, tell us what it is? Can we help? Um. Yeah. It says find the circle of stones. For the pink gem will be there. Go look for a circle of stones. Great. I don't remember. <laughs> I know that I've seen it, but I don't remember where it well, is. Well, you're supposed to wander around aimlessly, obviously. Not aimlessly. I think it is in the top left of the map. Um, but so here's it's not really a dilemma, but here's sort of the thing that is tripping me up is every morning when you wake up and come out of your den, you can go to the task board, and the task board gives you a task to do that day. And I am addicted to doing tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You should play Animal Crossing. <laughs> no, you have to, you need them explicitly called out, don't you? 
Or do you only mean in this game? In this game. Okay. I think you like just doing dailies. They kind of are dailies. Yeah. They are. Wow. They are dailies. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, what game while is this? was waiting for you. <laughs> no, he wants to play. I don't want no, to no, do no. dailies. Cattails. Sure my wife does not hear about this game. <laughs> you should buy your wife cattails because no. <laughs> I think I, anybody who's like a casual gamer, this would be casual a really gamer. good way to There's introduce no them to RPG mechanics. What Chris, about my daughter? We are. Oh yeah. Um, it does require some rating. She can. <sighs> I mean, yeah, that would be I mean, the only real barrier to entry. I mean, um, how do you feel about your daughter having, like, a, an entire room devoted to hoarding dead rats? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a thing I hear you do in this game. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's the only civilized course of action. I'm a cat. I'm a kitty cat. And a pounce, pounce, dance, pounce, dance, and a pounce, pounce, pounce. pounce. Dance, dance, oh, dance. you too. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, no, it's great. I, I like how it sort of has really light RPG mechanics. So anytime you do something, whether it's killing an animal, whether it's picking a flower, whether it's doing a daily task, whether it's sleeping, um, everything that you do, you get experience for. And then you choose to use that experience to level up one of four passive skills, which is swimming, hunting, uh, foraging, and fighting. Or you can spend experience to unlock and upgrade skills. So I I will say, if you are new to the game, I would strongly recommend putting two points into swimming immediately because okay. water blocks a lot of your paths back and forth to stuff. And just having a couple of swimming points, even just two swimming points, makes it much, much easier to traverse water. So it is worth investing Oh, and the, the most important question, who's your waifu? Um, I haven't decided yet. So I don't think Scout is romanceable, but I kind of like them. I've been giving a lot of presents to Doc. So I joined the Forest Tribe. I right. did not join the Mystic Tribe or the Mountain Tribe. Um, if I had joined the Mountain Tribe, which maybe I'll do on a second run, I am totally going to woo Arthur, who doth protesteth too much. <laughs> he speaks in very like n knightly English that's very adorable um, so yeah I'm going to see if I can give the red rose to Doc maybe this season or next wait is it literally a red rose it is like literally it's a bachelor a red rose. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then if you want to get married you give them a shiny trinket <laughs> not a dead mouse <laughs> oh no I give everybody dead mouses oh, okay. it's dead mouse for you and dead mouse for you the only person I don't give dead mouses to is Missy because was, she's not into that style of music. Uh, I was just I was struggling to figure out what the hell that cranky cat wanted. And then I accidentally tapped on their den instead of them. And it was like this den smells vaguely like fruit. And I'm like, oh, so I started giving them raspberries. And now they're happy with me. Oh, Nobody oh dares God. give me the raspberry. <laughs> I played the crap out of that game and I never realized that you could do that. Yeah, so I went and I tapped on everybody's dens to see what they like. So I give crows to Sarge and any anything dead Scout likes. <laughs> anything <laughs> dead. If it's a dead animal, Scout will be like, Wee Um, Missy likes fruit. Um Ember likes um plants. So like healing plants. Doc likes anything that's healing plant. 
Um, everybody likes catnip, unsurprisingly. Um, and Mayer likes shells. Hmm. I mean, That's there are lots of things that he likes, but he really likes shells. And um, no one in my camp likes frogs. Huh. Because the uh, tsundere cat that that I liked in the clan that you can start and you're on your own in post game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was the only thing that he liked was frogs. Really interesting. Yeah. I am so impressed for like a bunch of cats that all kind of vaguely look alike. Everybody has their own personalities, and I can very quickly identify them by the way that they mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. So okay. they did. They- as dumb Sorry. as it sounds, they did a really good job making very individualized characters. For them just all being cats. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it goes without saying, I love the crap out of that game. And it, it was made by two people. And it, for being a two-person team in Game Maker, they did such a good job. Um, the one thing that I will recommend is if you are playing on Switch immediately go into the menu and customize your controller because when you start your inventory is on Y and your skills are on X, which is very backwards as far as I'm concerned. And also your sneak button starts out as ZL, but your movement is the left stick. And so trying to hold ZL and move the left stick was giving me like the worst hand cramp. So I switched it to ZR and that works great. I do appreciate uh, that they ha- left uh, that they left in the option to customize your controls in the PC version. Um, I, th- I think all games should have that, to be honest with yes. you. Yes, but I can most certainly appreciate it when it is there by default. So, yes. yeah, that's everything that I've been playing. Anybody else have any other games that they forgot about? Not that I can think of. Oh, right. And my tally so far for the year is 17 new games, 14 backlog games. So I kind of got to get all those backlog games. Problem is, is, and we'll talk about this in the news, is I'm about to, like, have an influx of farming style games that I'm going to want to play. Too many. (laughs) So many. All right. Um, Question of the week. We asked people, what black hole have you fallen down recently? Hey, Jonathan. Has there been a black hole besides video games that you've fallen down recently? Chris fell down a, a black hole of 80s remix music and green tea. <laughs> um, what a weird combo. <laughs> I guess it, w- it could be the TTS stuff. TTS stuff. Tabletop, Tabletop simulator. simulator. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yep. Sweet. All right. Uh, Strawberry Eggs wrote in and said, although this happened a while ago, I fell into an uh, I die Karen biota black hole for a good several days. What? I die Karen biota are extinct multicellular organisms from before the Cambrian explosion uh, 635 (laughs) to 541 million years ago. So this was before the, the meteors. They are just so fantastically bizarre, with some of them possibly not even belonging to any of the kingdoms of life that exist today. So they're neither animal nor plant nor fungi. I read whatever I could about find about them and watch what few documentaries there are about them. Uh, that sounds actually kind of fun. <laughs> For a milder and more recent example, I've been looking up a bunch of fan art of My Hero Academia ships and learning the <laughs> portmanteau names fans have given them. Nice. 
That's a good black hole. <laughs> it's a good show or a good manga. I haven't watched the show. All right. Uh, Bobby Watson writes in and says, before listening to the episode, I almost wrote a comment about falling into a Tomb Raider black hole and how I ended up playing a bunch of them. But my non-gaming black hole would have to be Thai boy love TV shows. There's like a million of them for some reason. The first one I Thai watched... Thai boy love TV boys show? Boys love TV shows. What does that look mean? Look it up. No, you know what? Don't look it up. <laughs> it's, okay. It's romance. It, it's romance shows. Romance shows. Okay. So I would say these black hole i every time like i watch a movie i'll get an imdb or it'll be a certain topic i fall down these little mini black holes all the time or, or researching a whole bunch of stuff oh, and no. it'll last for a couple of days and i'll move on to the next so i i'm very susceptible to doing this all the time <laughs> my black hole this week was looking up really weird looney tune shorts like ones that don't star any of the conventional looney tunes characters that are just experimental like um there's this one called The Lion and the Dot, um, a story about love on the geometric plane. Uh, look it up. It's a very surreal short, but it's it's cute. Um, that sounds like it's a very odd thing. Interesting that you yeah. bring that up, Kelly. We just watched the yeah. Looney Tunes movie last night. Yeah, we watched Space Jam. <laughs> in the Space Jam. That movie's not very right. good. No, it's <laughs> terrible, and I still love it. Did you come on and slam and welcome to the jam? Yes. I just wanted to listen to mashups after that. But I, <laughs> I started singing them while they were playing the song. Like, Anna, it's a mashup. This is where it should be saying. Come on, ride did it. you guys ride the watch that last dance huh? uh, documentary? What? Bulls and Michael Jordan no. documentary about their sixth title. Yeah, and yeah Mike, Michael Jordan made a documentary for himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically. Pretty much, pretty close. Nice. It was about the Bulls, but it was like mostly Michael Jordan's story. But yeah, it had a Space Jam part. Uh, Space Jam is in one of the episodes, so it kind of reminded me of that. That nice. was a recent thing that came out. We'll have to look that up, Chris. No, I'm good. Well, then fine. I will watch it. It's actually done I don't really miss well. Sports. And it's I'm interesting okay to watch sports. <laughs> if it's more than just the sports, though. It's like all the. Stuff. It was, it was, it was, yeah. And I'm not even a big Michael Jordan fan. I don't dislike him. I don't really like him, but it was a good documentary. I don't watch basketball. All right. Um, yes. Uh, Victor wrote in and said, World of Warcraft used to be my black hole, but in the past few months I have escaped it by falling down a different black hole. I have been writing a fantasy novel. Oh, no. No, I... not you too. <laughs> <laughs> we know too many people who've gone down this hole. <laughs> Uh, it's Victor. a hole you never exit. You just do a little better each time. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Forever will it dominate your destiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Victor says, I finished the rough draft and I'm working on polishing it into something that's as worthy of other people's reading time as I can make it. My goal is to turn this into a very cheap or free ebook once the final draft is ready. Oh, good, because no one's going to pay for it. So, Victor, what I've learned. Nobody wants to buy your novel. Victor, not you in particular. Come talk to me on Discord because I have to hook you up with a friend of mine who will talk Actually, to you about. Anna does have hookups in this regard. <laughs> she that will talk to you, you about releasing inexpensive ebooks. So come find me on Discord. Um, and there are Jace lessons. Carp, um, who wasn't able to be on the show today says, I'm late to the party, but I got really hooked on The Good Place and have tore through all four seasons. Ah. 
We gotta get back to that. No, I'm good. I'm, I've spoiled myself completely on that show, so you can watch oh, it without me. Okay, fine. I'm totally down with that. All right. Hey, guys, we gotta do a question of the week. Ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, Go ahead. Oh, it's not it's not RPG related, but what what movie traumatized you as a child? <laughs> oh, that came up earlier. Yeah, it was one I thought of earlier. I, I like doing the non RPG ones related sometimes, just because they're fun. Yeah, I got talked into watching Leviathan as a child. What? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. It's a horror movie. Yeah, all right. Is this and, the reason you hate horror movies? Is because of that movie? No, I okay. just. I don't like scary movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, even though I never watched it, the idea of Pet Cemetery traumatized me because my dad explained the plot to me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, I think it's one or two where, like, the cat or the dog's, like, sitting there. Maybe it was a dog. It's pretty scary as a kid. Except those evil eyes. The poor kitty in the new Pet Cemetery movie died. Like, in yeah. real life. Oh, it's sad. All right. If you want to provide feedback, a few ways to do so. One, you can email us, podcast at rpgamer.com. Two, you can call or text us at 608-729-4098. Um, you can answer the tweet. I hopefully will remember to put it up this week. <laughs> um, and, or you can come uh, join um, Vaughn and NHL and Power Lord and all the other people that are hanging out quietly in our Twitch chat, <laughs> twitch.tv slash rpg. Quietly, huh? Only the quiet ones? Yes. All right. Vaughn is actually very quiet in real life. <laughs> he is so noisy in our chat. In a good way. <laughs> all right. We are going to jump into the news. So we're switching things up a little bit this week, I think. Or maybe I did the switch. This might have been me. We decided like three weeks ago. Yeah, Anna. Okay. This was you. Yes. Uh, We're going to talk about our editorial content for the week. So, Alex. (laughs) You made this choice. (laughs) You did a review for Underwater Ray Ramono, Prelude to the Fallen, and you made a video review out of it. So this is a new thing that we're trying um, if you follow us on YouTube, we are RP Gamer, finally. Um, give it a look. Um, let us know your feedback. This is something that we're sort of developing from the ground up. So we're always looking for feedback. Um, and if you have a hankering to try out something like video editing for a review, we are hiring. It's a volunteer position, as with all things on RP Gamer, but check out our jobs page. Um, and then I wrote a review called Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling Review. And then we had some editorials. So JRPG Study Time kicked off um, with a, a look at Dragon Quest One and how it provides immersion. Um, Fantasy Star Online 2 and the Lonely Life of a Philosophical Game Completionist was our other editorial. That one was really interesting. I think I like that was Jervon, right? Uh, yeah, so Trent, Trent Gleason did the JRPG study time and Jervon Perkins did the Fantasy Star Online 2 one. Yeah, I like Jervon's writing. So wait, is it Jervon or Jervon? We have to ask him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All right. And then we had a uh, JRPG or RPG elements column um, where Pascal talked about the CRPG book. 
What is the CRPG book? It's a book. About oceanic RPGs? Oh, yeah, I want that book. But it's like $55 on Amazon. Yep. <laughs> Which is funny because the MSRP is under 40 So I don't know what happened that made this book. It's game. an import from uh, Great Britain, I think. Oh. Now let's go buy it and send it to us for cheap. <laughs> uh, no, what you want what you want to be is Pascal who got the free copy. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, we, we do occasionally get review copies of books, which is sort of really interesting. Um to sort of wrap our heads around. That but... looks nice. Six, yeah, yeah. Sixty bucks. Is there an ebook version? Um I don't Apparently know. not. Wait, hold on. See all formats? Uh, no. Might be. Well it must be somewhere else because not on that page. Yeah, it's weird because I think it was Oh, here it is. An yeah, it is an ebook. It's right here on their yeah. WordPress for free. I just downloaded it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was a free free ebook initially, and then they've created yeah, the want... hardcover version. Cool. I want the cool big hardcover. Yeah, it's like six hundred so pages. So it'll sit on my shelf and get read once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, check out our editorial content. We're always happy to bring to you unique. Uh, views on different parts of the RPG world. If you have a suggestion for a topic that you would like to see us write about, don't hesitate to shoot us an email. Um, where should they actually send those? You to you, Alex? Huh? What was that? Editorial no, topics. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> His email's on the site. It's not hard. We'll send some news at rpgamer.com, then everyone can get spammed by it. Oh boy, I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of news, we have news! Beep, 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 yeah, beep, two beep, weeks beep, worth beep. of news. All right. Um, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town is getting a release date. Oh, I forgot to open the news stories. It's okay, uh, we forgive you. Yeah, but now I have to, like, delay while I'm News. News. Everyone just go news. 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 No? Okay. Kelly did it. News. 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 <sighs> news. Some of the news is sad. Some Why is the news, news sad? Um, You'll see when I get to it. Well, just tell me. No. Um, you're I... supposed to tell me the news. <laughs> Be patient. How's the going, Chris? Yeah, poorly. I had to start over. I messed it up. All right. So these might be a little backwards, but we're going to run with it. Hopefully I got the order right. All right. Yes. Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town has a North American release date. So previously, they'd uh, Marvelous Europe had put out the European release date, which is July 10th. And now we have a North American one, which is July 14th, 2020. So um, if you pre-order the physical game from participating retailers, you will get a Strawberry Hanako plushie. So this is a remake of the Friends and More more Friends of Mineral Town Game Boy Advance games, which were remakes of Back to Nature, which was a remake of Harvest Moon 64. And I think we've just <laughs> inceptioned. So yeah, uh, farming in July. Um, the final closed beta for Genshin Impact is landing in Q3 2020. But if you are interested um, in playing the game on PC, iOS, Android, and PS4, you need to sign up now. The beta will not be available on Nintendo Switch, but the final game will be. 
Uh, Mary Skelter finale is revealing more characters. So, um, and they also announced a catch-up feature. So the catch-up feature in Mary Skelter finale is called Before Story, which gives you a very quick and dirty lowdown about what happens in Mary Skelter Nightmares and Mary Skelter 2. So if for some reason you've yeah, I wanted... think it's actually all of the event scenes. Oh, interesting. Possibly. Um, those... I think it's some of them are at least direct event scenes, but they're not voiced. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you strung them all together, if they would make perfect sense. So they're going to have to do something to bridge some of the those scenes. Okay, it's probably a mixture then. Yeah, but I think this is cool. Um, I don't know why you would skip two-thirds of a series and jump straight to the third game. Um, although, I guess Cold Steel 3 people do that. Oh, but I mean, these games, the Mary Skelter <laughs> 1 and 2 are available on the PS4 and Switch. So anyways, all right. Mary Skelter Finale is coming to PS4 and Switch. Um, it's supposed to come out in Japan on August, 27, August 27th. Um, there's no uh, Western release date announced for this. I'm sure there will be. Idea Factory International, I'm absolutely positive we'll be doing this because Mary Skelter 2 did really good for them. All right. Um, Deck of Ashes, which is... Uh, a deck builder RPG currently in early access. Um, the developers have announced that it will be fully launching on PC and Mac on June 9th, and the final cost will be $19.99. Um, if you want to jump into it for a little bit cheaper, early access price is $14.99. So Deck of Ashes has you play uh, controlling a group of anti-heroes on a quest for redemption, and it combines deck building, survival uh, elements, and RPG mechanics with a procedurally generated world oh gosh procedurally generated world is becoming the puzzle platformer with unique art style meme mm-hmm. or the it's like dark souls meme you see that mountain you can go there <gasps> really <laughs> video games are full of memes it's fridge racer Ridge race <laughs> It's very, it, it is historically accurate. I would like to introduce Battle simulator? The, it's a historically accurate battle simulator. I'd like to introduce the first boss, the giant enemy crap. Mm. We could do this all day. <laughs> Let's not. One um, million Baroque, The game that no one remembers is a thing. No, that's a thing. Yeah, so... Baroque was a Sting game, but it wasn't part of like the larger Sting umbrella of games that all kind of interacted with each other. Uh huh. And it was crazy hard, and no one. So it's not a like Department it. Heaven game. No. Um, it's but not yeah. a tactical RPG. <laughs> well, and it's. I feel like there are. I mean, Riviera is not a tactical RPG, but it's part no. of the. No, but it's what Sting's known for now. Because, yeah, they do the battle system in all the Atari Rubino games. Okay. Was this a Wii game? Yeah. yeah. And it sold, like, hot garbage. No one liked yeah. it because it was painfully weird, difficult. Because the one they released on Switch is not the Wii game. It's a the, Wii PS2, right? No, it's... Yeah, but no, that's just a port of it. This is the original Sega Saturn version, which is first person. What? Oh. 
<laughs> Interesting. Cause yeah, because the one not? I remember playing was third person, I think, right? Yeah, yeah so the Sega yeah. like Saturn version was only available in Japan. The PS2, um, well, actually, the. Yeah, no. The, yeah, this one's the Sega Saturn version, which got ported to PlayStation, but it was still only in Japan. The PS2 and Wii game was actually a remake that switched mm. it to and third it person. Third person. And it was yep. bad. Either way, those, those games were really hard and obtuse. Yeah. The, like all Sting games, they are challenging. You have to understand how they work. Um, I think we ended up passing around our review copy of Baroque like four or five times before someone finally stuck it out. All right. Um, Borderlands 3 is seeking a bounty of blood. Um, yeah. So, yeah. the This is a new DLC and it's called Bounty of Blood, A Fistful of Redemption, and that is launching for PC, PS4, and Xbox One on June 25th, 2020. This is part of the season pass. Um, there, um, the Borderlands show showed off Bounty of Blood as well the as... The Borderlands TV. show? Yes. What? It's the it's the thing that they put up on the YouTube channel. Once that, okay. Yes, so Bounty of Blood will see players taking on the Devil Riders gang on the desert planet of Gehenna. You will mount a new weaponized weapon called Jet Beast to claim bounties placed on the outlaws. Gehenna can be accessed by those who can use Sanctuary 3 in the main campaign. Um, there's also a free update called Takedown at the Guardian Breach, which will be launching on June 4th. And the challenge for this event base, uh, scales based on the number of Vault Hunters in the party, um, but it is designed for a four, four, full group of four high-level Vault Hunters. So check that out if you are a high-level player of Borderlands 3. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition um, had, like, how long is this? Um, I swear they put out a video for this, but they also put out, like, a couple dozen screenshots. Um, where they showed off all of the things that are coming to Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which is out now, um, that is different from the original game. So if you're interested in seeing those, check out the story. Um, and then this week we had something called the Wholesome Direct, which is like... Uh, what is the Wholesome Direct? So it's like a total riff off of the Nintendo Direct sort of style of uh, announcements. It, sure, yeah. And so Wholesome Games is part... Um, media site part publisher relations site so it's a bunch of indies that have all gotten together as a collective and wholesome games isn't publishing or developing these games but they are help helping to market them because it's really easy for big sites to ignore one little indie trying to ask them for coverage but when you have 50 it's a lot harder to ignore them (laughs) Mm. So this Wholesome Direct was showing off all of these games that are part of this Wholesome Games banner. And so it was a 35-minute video. A lot of games were shown. We're not going to go through them all. We're just going to talk about the RPG ones. So um, Snacko is a farming sim with light RPG elements starring former big city cats Momo and Mekon. What? The two decide to build a new life on a deserted island. Players will undertake various activities such as farming and fishing as they build up a brand new community and learn more about the island. Snacko is being developed for PC and is currently undergoing a Kickstarter campaign. The Kickstarter campaign is at $13,500 out of their $30,000 goal. So if you are interested in seeing this, um, it's Harvest Moon with Cats. Um, Check it out. 
I'm I'm interested in this. Dale North, who does the music for our podcast, is also doing the music for Snacko. So, disclaimer. Um, the next thing that uh, was relevant to our interests it was Chicory, a colorful tale. So this is we've being, seen that before. Yeah, so we saw this at PAX last year. It's being developed by Greg Lobanov. Um, and if you Google his name, you will probably recognize some of the games that he has worked on before, which I just can't remember off the top of my head. But every time I see him name, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Um, so Chicory is a top-down adventure game where players restore the color to the world using a magical brush. This is being developed for PC. Um, they did hint pretty broadly at PAX last year that they were definitely looking at consoles, but they were going to be PC first. Um, Thunder Lotus Games Spiritfarer. Um, was also shown off. And again, we saw this at PAX last year and we loved this. This was the girl and the cat who were um, ferrying dead spirits to the land of the dead. And they're animals in the afterlife. But um, because they haven't accepted the fact that they are dead, they are still attempting to act like humans. So the the demo that we played at PAX, you were uh, helping out a snake, and the snake still thought they were human, so they were standing upright and had coils of, they had a robe on that had arms, and they had coils sticking out of the arms, like as if they were hands. <laughs> it was very cute. And um, yeah, so it's RPG with some um, simulation elements to it. You are on your own boat and you're guiding spirits through whatever is still holding them to the purgatory that they're in. Um, that is coming out this year for PC, Max, Linux, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Little Witch in the Woods is a adorable, pixely, life sim RPG um, from Sunny Side Up. And you play Ellie, a witch's apprentice who moves into a new town. And over three years in-game, you will need to make potions, study creatures, and assist the locals. This while sounds like a Harvest witch. Moon. It sounds like Atelier. Oh, okay. But yeah, Much think, better. think pixeled Atelier game. Um, so they're uh, aiming to launch for PC next year, 2021. Um, Book of Travels is an online multiplayer RPG that Chris was like, I don't want to play this. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a survival exploration game focusing on everyday situations. You create your own character and set out to freely explore the world. This is coming to PC, Mac, and Linux in October 2020. Um, Garden Story was also shown off. Uh, and again, we, um, Chris and I didn't see it, but as a site, we saw Garden Story at PAX last year. Um, Zach played it, and he definitely felt like it had a lot of potential. So that was good. So many farming sim games coming out this year. Um, in Garden Story, you play uh, Concord, the newly appointed village guardian. You have to deal with problems such as the mysterious rot that is affecting the island the village is on. Um, he is able to call upon the aid of those he has helped and made friends with in the past. They are developing the game for PC and Mac. It's weird. This game was slated to come out last year, and the, the release date has like disappeared. No one seems to know. Um, other games highlighted in the Wholesome Direct that may be relevant to RP Gamer's interest is Button City, Aaron Boy, Ooblets, Kind Words, The Spirit and the Mouse, Sayri, Mondo Museum, Bird Alone, Tome, Winding Worlds, Tokotoko, When the Past Was Around, A Space for the Unbound, Depaneur Nocturne, Calico, Rainy Season, Wayward Strand, and Hoa. So you'll have to play that back slowly to figure out <laughs> what the hell I said. But um, if you're interested, the Wholesome Direct itself is only about 35 minutes long, and I definitely encourage you to 
to check it out. I'm really excited because these are the kind of games that I like. I, I enjoy games that are relaxing and that are nonviolent and they can still be challenging and they can still deal with difficult um, situations and complex issues. But yeah, I am a thousand percent down for more wholesome games. I'm biased, yep. but it's also what I play. Yep, I agree. <laughs> so um, Square Enix. Uh, made multiple Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die announcements. So this is a spin-off manga series that ran between 1989 and 1996 in Japan. What? Yeah. So this, this is, is a Dragon Quest based on a manga? Yes. Is it not a sequel Dragon Quest then? No. So this was a, a unique series unto itself that was strictly a manga and it was never translated. So the thing that is relevant to us as RP gamers is Infinity Strash Dragon Quest The Adventures of Dai, what? which is an action RPG that is coming to Japan in 2021. And it's, it sounds like they pretty heavily hinted that this was going to be coming out to North America. Um, two other games that were announced, Dragon Quest The Adventures of Dai Tamashi no Kizuna, um, which is a dash RPG planned for iOS and Android in 2021. A- I, I'm sorry, a what RPG? A dash RPG. Think Temple Runner, but with RPG mechanics. No. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. That sounds terrible. It sounds fun to me. <laughs> All right. The Sonic, the Sonic Run game was fun. That's not a... Mm-hmm. It needed more RPG elements to have more of a, a lasting... And I think they've actually discontinued it at this point. But it was good. Damn it. There's a different one out now, but I couldn't be asked to tell you what it was called <laughs> right um the other announcement was dragon quest the adventures of die uh cr- 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 so it's x-r-o-s-s so that's cross ross blade uh, i think you can just call it cross blade okay which is a card battling arcade game developed by arts toby arts and that's coming to japanese arcades in the fall oh and they announced um a new animated series based on the manga coming out in october 2020 I, I wish Matt was on right now. He's having a kid's birthday party right now, but he would be able to probably el- elaborate more on all of the stuff since he's our Dragon Quest guru. <laughs> so, oh, and yeah. All right. So that's all the Dragon Quest die stuff. This got leaked. It was really weird. All right. Um, System Shock. Um, if you are interested in trying out the alpha demo of the remake of System Shock, the uh, demo is available to download now for PC via Steam and GOG.com. Um, they also put out a pair of um, developer streams of the demo. So if you want to just sort of see what it all involves, but not play it yourself. So if you don't remember, System Shock was originally released in 1994. Um, it was one of the earliest FPS RPG hybrids with players finding themselves stuck on the Citadel space station in the year 2072. The remake is coming to PC, Xbox One, and PS4, but no release date at this time. Uh, Terra Battle is ending service next month. Uh, aren't there two of these or just the... Are one yeah, of them, so, it, are they right. both ending? How's no, this working? All right. So you probably don't remember this because it, it busted real fast. So Terra Battle 2 yeah. launched in 2017 and shut down like nine months later. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. I thought... So the and, first one was still going on. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And the console game seems to be nowhere in sight. Because <laughs> Gooch is working on that Apple Arcade game. 
Also nowhere yeah. in sight. <laughs> I I won't lie. I was kind of bummed about this news because Terra Battle was one of the first um, games that I really got sucked into on mobile. And it was a fun little game. I ended up finishing the main story. And the only reason I never continued it is because I had switched phones and lost all my progress. Yeah, uh, we we played this for a couple of years. I finished the main story, but I don't think you did, Chris. No, not at all. Um, yeah, so um, here's here's the um, here's the producer Gooch statement. Um, it is with deep regret that I inform you that service for Terra Battle will be terminated. Terra's Battle's test version released in Canada back in September 2014, and the game went on to officially release in the U.S., Canada, England, France, Germany, and Spain in October. I am so grateful for all the fans who played Terra Battle for nearly six years. It feels as though our conception of the pincer shogi mechanic happened in the distant nostalgic past. The game was also our first smartphones uh, RPG. I learned a lot from this experience and am constantly reminded that there are no paths that are not worth taking. I am very thankful to have such an experience. Currently, Miss Walker is hard at work developing our next title on the Apple Arcade called Fantasian. This game goes back to my roots in the Famicom and uh, parentheses NES era, and I plan to bring this to life using dioramas. Development for this game is currently moving at full speed, and I hope to see you all in our next world. So, in case people don't know who I'm talking about when I say Gooch, I mean uh, Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi. Mr. Final Fantasy. Yes. Did anyone here play this game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You did? I played the crap out of it. Yeah, Kelly and I both finished the main story. Yep, I played it as well. I'm uh I will follow Sakaguchi everywhere, so I even played his little surfing game. What? Yep, I was I was all about it. Anything he put out I I was like, ah, I gotta play it. I started <laughs> fizzling out on him with a blue dragon. Oof. I appreciated that that game had a had a Poo snakes translation. Poo snakes, as opposed to a Parisian translation. Um, but yeah, the the poo snakes got the best of me there. Well, I was like, holy crap! Xbox Three Sixty RPG, Japanese RPG, and it looks really cool. It's just it was just pretty boring. It was bland. Has, has it was like some of they the... wanted to be Dragon Quest, but didn't want to go all the way to the to mm-hmm. there. I will say that it has some of the best battle boss battle music I've ever heard in a freaking RPG. <laughs> the metal rock, of course. Yes, well, of course. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kelly Ryan. This is, seems like this is the first time you've talked with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remaster has a release date. Yay! Um. And they announce more systems, and they announce crossplay. So, if you're interested in playing Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition and playing Bucket Party, you can do so starting August 27th. You can carry the bucket, Anna. No, Kelly said she'll carry the oh, bucket. Right. Yes, I, I said I would. I'll get carry the bucket. bucket. We're bucket all. Duty. There's a, isn't it only a three-player game? Four. Okay, Four. good. We got our party. <laughs> yep. So, not only is the game coming to PS4 and Nintendo Switch as previously announced, they, it is Are we also coming a PS4 or Switch? to iOS and Android. I think we should do it on PS4 so we can do multiplayer reliably. Well, here's the crazy thing, Chris. Um, they announced that there is cross-platform play what? across oh. all systems. All That's right. Awesome. And it's also cross-save. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if we get it on the Switch 
and then I decide that I want to play it on my iPad instead, I can no. buy the game Why again. Why would you on do the, that? On the iPad and just move my save over. Why would you even? I don't know. <laughs> Why would that even be a consideration? Because <laughs> yeah, I like playing games on my iPad. Yeah, it's a bigger screen. And I can tap my pencil annoyedly against it. <sighs> Kelly, hurry up. We need the bucket over pencil. here. You will not bucket shame me. <laughs> ah, you've been bucket shamed. Bucket shamed. <laughs> you will not bucket shame me. I think there's four of us that I, just wrote that down. As the yeah, title. really. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then we have briefs. I'm going to run through these real fast. All right. Metal Maxino Reborn. Um, had its release date in Japan pushed back to September, and they detailed how the characters grow. Um, they We had uh, party characters revealed as returning for Death and Request 2. Um, Wasteland 3 got two developer diaries in the last two weeks. Moonlighter's Between Dimensions expansion is hitting consoles next week. They celebrated over millions of sale, over a million copies sold, and said the predominant um, sales platform was Nintendo Switch. Surprising nobody. Lumen is now available on Switch. Pascal's Wager has a DLC announced. Wait, um, Pascal made this game? No, Pascal's oh. Wager. Oh. It's a game. He Not made a, a bet on the game? <sighs> Crumbling Worlds um, is available now on both PC and Mac. Uh, Fairy Tale got its release date pushed back again to the end of July. Depth of Extinction is heading to consoles. Frozen Flames is now early access. Banner of the Maids expansion receives a new mission pack. You know, at some point this is supposed to come out on Switch, but it's barely out in English on PC, so I'm not really holding my breath. Ultimate Adam releases free alpha version. The Atom RPG is coming out on iOS. The Elder Scrolls Online gets a Greymore launch cinematic and a Stadia release date. Oh boy! When's that? When's it hitting Stadia, Anna? Who cares? Okay. Um, <laughs> SD Gundam G Generation Cross Race expansion oh, pack is available that, now. That's not even words. Yeah. Azure Lane Crosswave is heading to the Nintendo Switch in Japan this September. Square Enix showed off Outriders gameplay. And Harvest Moon One World has been confirmed for PlayStation 4. It was previously confirmed for a Nintendo Switch. All right. Mm -hmm. That's all of our news. Mm -hmm. So now we talk about new game releases. So, oh, is there music for that too? No, no, no. Because we've been gone for... Because we've been gone for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the things that came out while we were gone. What came out? What came um, out? What the came Borderlands out? collection on Switch. Uh, Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling came to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Dungeon Defenders Awakened is now on PC. Minecraft Dungeons hits PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch and PC. Fantasy Star Online 2 landed on PC. Underwater Ray Romano, Prelude to the Fallen, is available now on PS4 and Vita. XCOM 2 hit the Switch. And Xenoblade Chronicles released on the Switch. Oh, and I wrote this down. <laughs> you guys are going to love this. Liberated. Huh? Welcome to a brave new world. Mm. Undeniable truth and personal freedoms are dying. Mm. Revolution is near. Rise mm -hmm. up 
in the bloodstained struggle for a land of the free. Mm. Forget everything you know about comics. Oh, goodness. Immerse yourself in a dark, rain-soaked city. What? What does comics have to do with this? I don't know. Use your wits, comma, hack the system, comma, sneak, and solve puzzles. Oh, you're a sneak press person. And when hell breaks loose, Uh dispense picturesque headshots for great justice. Wait, what? (laughs) I don't think... Picturesque or picaresque? Picturesque. Okay, I don't... What are we even... What? It's just memes and buzzwords. I don't know what's happening. And here, here's my favorite part. How much do you think this game is based on that? Seventy nine ninety nine. No, I mean realistically, three ninety nine. <laughs> Twenty dollars. Okay. <laughs> um, Anyways, the Outer Worlds is coming to Switch next week. <laughs> That's a um, that tangentially a... related to my interest. I didn't realize that uh, Shantae and the Seven Sirens came out this week too. Yes. Uh, like, it's Damn finally it, done too, being Apple Arcade exclusive. Too many good games coming out, and I don't have time to play all of them. Get Bug Fables. <laughs> play Apple Bless Arcade you. on your phone. Excuse oh, wait, you have an Android. Yeah. Yep. Right. <sighs> um, I think that's our show, guys. Yay! So we <laughs> That we, means it's time for lunch. <laughs> I'm really hungry. We asked you uh, what movie traumatized you as a child, so uh, don't forget to send in that feedback. And uh, thanks, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Alex, who I think is AFK. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Mm. Thanks, Dale North, for our awesome music. Thank you, Forecast, for our encoding. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate that. We always like hearing from our listeners and our feedback. Thanks, chat room, for helping me be terrible at Sudoku. <laughs> uh, you can join us every week at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash RPGamer. Otherwise, you can listen to our podcast, which you obviously are, on the podcast host of your choice or podcast app of your choice. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I can't believe it's June already. Bye, everybody. Bye. Where'd the year go? Bye-bye. Bye. I went Bye-bye. to the plague. <laughs>